Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 286 of Vigigame Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparez, here with a public service announcement to remind you to never use Joe Chin's chains. Who else is here in the Tyler Wilde Memorial Studio with me? Uh, the both high and dry Chris Antista. <laughs> I'm and, not high, though. Oh, okay, that's good. And uh, Matthew Broom, 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 Allen. And joining us for the second time, very special guest, back for popular demand, George Albor. Thank you for coming on. Yeah. Where, where might people have heard you in case they missed your last appearance? Uh, I'm also on Experience Points Podcast, which is another thing that I do. Oh, awesome. Yeah, go download that. We're, we're, we're fully things. in the Halloween spirit this week. Yeah. Uh, spoopy. I, I guess it's... Wait, a... can, I, can, can I just say that thanks to everybody for the support during the cane? Because we were kind of out of commission for a week because uh, yeah. of Hurricane Michael. Hurricane and, uh, thank Michael. you for that. Hurricane yeah, Hurricane. Yeah. Did Michael you see the images Kane? people made of you? Wait a minute. King. I'm Michael Kane. Thank yeah, you I'm, for oh, the Hurricane support. Kane. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's, there's your Halloween costume. You're set. That's going to cause a lot of confusion in Miami with the My Cocaine. Really. Anyway. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, that was that was... That was crazy. I'm glad that we're talking about this subject because that became a sought-after item uh, after going down and visiting Bay County, uh, which is the worst thing I've ever seen with my eyes firsthand. <laughs> uh, two cities that are just a fallout wasteland uh, and ki- for for now over. <laughs> but oh, man. It, it was it was absolutely nuts. And the only message I thank you to the people who gave to the Red Cross for my Facebook post that was really sweet of you guys. Uh, but I just wanted to say uh, midterms are coming up. And yeah. after see, you should see devastation like that firsthand and reconsider voting for anybody who denies climate change. Yeah. Uh, that city has existed before the it, it existed before the current president, before the medium of video games, and it got hit really hard and everything is gone. Uh-huh. Same could be said for Puerto Rico or Barbuda or all the other stuff that happened with Maria. Hurricanes are getting worse. Mm-hmm. Don't vote for anybody who denies climate change. PSA, I'm out. I Thank mean, you. we're all going to be dead we're... in 20 years anyway, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's irreversible I mean, it's like, at this point. Just embrace the void, for God's sake. Be selfish. Do you want to live around your parents? No, you want them to go to Florida and not die. What do you want to <laughs> do on vacation? You want to go to the beach. Please try and imagine some beach left. If you hear some dipshit get up and start talking about regulation, what he's talking about is he doesn't care about hurricanes, your vacation spot, or your old people friends. What he's talking save, about save is Florida. he wants beachfront property in Kansas. Yeah. yeah that's, that's true. <laughs> yes, he wants to swim in Arizona Bay, Tool fans, or yeah. Bill Hicks fans, sorry. This uh, is, but, Matt is nodding uncomfortably. This is getting very political, I guess. Well, Matt's pro-climate change. This is an odd <laughs> subject for him. <laughs> <laughs> There it is. There's the secret. Mm-hmm. You revealed my secret. I'm not yeah. only a, a denier. I'm just pro climate change. Yeah. Just, He's not. <laughs> I want the sea levels to rise. That's right. I'm a surfer, man. This is good news for me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Let the sharks consume us. Exactly. He's a comic comic book supervillain. Mm, yep. <laughs> I mean, that was literally Lex Luthor's yeah, plan yeah. in, like, what, the yeah. first Superman? Yeah, I'm going to grow an yes. island. Or Superman Returns. Uh, that Billions! Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he was very interested in beachfront property. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They never Real talked about, like, how that looked when he grew that island. It's like, it's just a hard piece of green glass. No mm-hmm. one's going to want to live on that thing. And we also never talked about the new cut of Superman Returns where Christopher Plummer plays Lex Luthor. Uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a fucking dated-ass dad joke. Nice. Strike nice. that from the record. Don't judge me by that, first-time yeah. listeners. Well, as, as frightening as hurricanes are, 
Uh, we are going to be dealing with a much more pedestrian threat. On... No, I'm telling you, Michael, there is not a tree left in Bay County. Jesus Christ. And most of them are through windows. And the thing everybody needs right now is... Chainsaws! Right. <laughs> or Red Cross donations. <laughs> it's up to Why you. Why not both? Why not both? But, but yeah. I'm not kidding. Like, if you live in the area, just it's easy to drive into. Do, donate your fucking chainsaw. They need them bad. Chainsaws are uh, wow. not just cool for Halloween. In, in, in Halloween, have you been to Halloween Horror Nights? Uh, I used to go as a teenager a lot because I lived near Knott's Berry Farm. And I have a I have a, a chainsaw story related to that. The guy, there was... There was a certain group of guys that would, they were the guys working there, obviously, or at least I hope they were, they would take the chain <laughs> out of the chainsaw, so it was just the motor mm-hmm. and, and the noise, and they would put on knee pads that were like, they had metal on the yep. knee pads, and so their bit was, turn on the chainsaw, rev it, run as fast as they can towards you, slide on their knees so that there's sparks shooting up from oh, the metal nice, knee pads, nice. and what? they have a chainsaw going. I went with a group of football player friends, and like, literally our quarterback jumped around someone like through some bushes into a planter <laughs> to run away from them. How, how does one like get into that? Like what is the first step towards like practicing that particular skill? <laughs> I don't know. That's fucking crazy. Maybe playing a lot of Vanquish. Yeah, doing yeah, that'd do oh, it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that'll do it. Uh, but I, I, my, I went a couple years ago and like it wasn't just one dude with a chainsaw there. And yes, they removed the chains. But it was like dozens, and they rev they rev it right in your face because yeah. there's no chain on it. <laughs> you it's, just smell the gasoline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I can't think of like another power tool ha- that has supplanted other like horror weapons so much as the goddamn yeah, chainsaw. It's, it's weird. Yeah. Like you don't get people terrified of like, oh god, that killer has a drill. Uh, or a thresher, yeah. a kick-ass thresher on wheels. Oh my god, that guy has two sanders. He's gonna get us. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. a drill could be scary. A drill could be scary, yeah. but it doesn't yeah. have the auditory uh, fear intensification. Yeah, it, it doesn't have an entire franchise named after it. The Texas Chainsaw true. Massacre. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> the, drill. The, the Texas Drillbit Massacre. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're, this this episode is going to be focusing. Uh, on chainsaws, specifically maniacs who chase you with chainsaws. Ah, Chainsaw ooh. maniacs, if you will. And chainsaws obviously have a rich history in games, but it's also one of the places where they're most terrifying. I think like one game that uh, used them really effectively was Alan Wake, when you're stumbling around in this uh, haunted uh, Pacific Northwest town, and there are moments where you just like hear the faint motor sound of a chainsaw it's like i Mm. know someone nearby is going to jump out at me with that shit i'm not sure i want to keep going i know i have to keep going i heard the sound of a chainsaw but i can't Mm -hmm. find my thermos just like way (laughs) off in the distance yeah obviously they're very fun to wield as weapons even though in real life that would be wicked impractical because right they're they're heavy they're they're hard to swing yeah they're not really meant for combat and and like the one of the problems I was having down in in, in Florida, with, a guy had a chainsaw, but his guard was broken. And the things are like they're well they've been well crafted for several years, but once that guard's gone, like it's really easy for your hand to slip Oof. or for like shit from the chain oh, God. to fly on that you. Is I want to think about right. That. So like it, yeah. it rendered the chainsaw useless. So if you're mm-hmm. swinging it around at human body, yeah, no, those things, odds going to get broken pretty fast. I grew up in a construction family, and so there's always the guys, the carpenters on the on the job that would that would like rig their saws to set the guard up because the guard technically kind of slows you down a little bit and I'm talking more yeah. like the table saw or the uh, the quick saw type okay. thing mm-hmm. and then inevitably everyone knew that one guy where the saw kicked because it's not even just like you mess up and you slip like a saw can get 
it can hit a piece of wood the wrong way and kick yep. back yep. on you. Yeah. Yeah. And or when you like don't have the guard up and that happens, guess where that goes? That's your hand or your leg that is going mm-hmm. straight into. I have a buddy to this day, like between his thumb and his index finger, saw kicked. He it almost severed his entire thumb off. Uh, he had to get it sewn back on. Oh, yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, chainsaw. I just. It, yeah, I never, I never thought about them as impractical, but like yeah. you're, I mean, you're better off with a katana. Yeah. Although I guess I, I was like looking into the history of chainsaws. I think they're a German invention, or the Germans got really good at making them. Initially, they were just purely medical for amputations, but uh, well, then the Saudi consulate used used never. for for lumber. And World War II interrupted the supply of chainsaws to the U.S., no. so a bunch of U.S. manufacturers started making them. And that's how we have the American chainsaw industry. A proud. Mm, that's why we have Fanta. Mm. And a large lobbyist of environmental yes, regulation. Yes, sure. Cut them all down. <laughs> Cut them all down and fill the air. It, it, it is. It is. It is weird though. Like outside. Uh, like not to mention the. But outside of like a hurricane or emergency moment, the sound of a chainsaw is never a pleasant one. No. So it is. It, it does always kind of carry something horrific. If you hear it just during the day, like, what the fuck is that? What's happening in my neighborhood? Yeah. If you're, yeah. like, trapped under a tree, I could see it being a pleasant right. sound. But, uh, <laughs> if there's one, let's say, hovering over your house right now um, yeah. that mm-hmm. you need to lift off with a crane. Uh, Have you ever it, seen those those massive chainsaws that are used to cut down, like, redwoods that mm-hmm. are attached yeah. to tractors? The ones that, yes. like, actually will pick up the tree and then, like, just slice through it like a knife yes. through butter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Those are amazing. Yeah. Why are those not in video games? Why are those right. not in zombie movies? Because yeah. that would be, yeah. <laughs> Both of those things need to happen, goddammit. I'm putting that in my phone notes. Mm. Get one of those for zombies. Just say, make zombie movies watchable again. Yeah. <laughs> make them scary again. Yeah, yeah, that too. That too. It's scarier if the zombies have the machine. I don't know. But yeah, we will get into our top five chainsaw maniacs chasing you through hedge mazes right after this. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash lasertime. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the LaserTime network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. It was, But other than that, I'm with people who enjoy the movie because it's good venom. That's the thing, they don't pull any punches like... Venom's biting people's heads off and yeah, eating people. Yeah, I mean, it's not gratuitous in when it happens. It's, off, it's, it's, it's always it's, off screen, yeah, it's but, it, but it is happening. Yeah. And they're a, joking about it. When I'm watching Venom, like, I swear I thought this was different. And then I realized I was thinking for the trailer for Upgrade, which is also Tom Hardy, where he wakes up with something else, like, with another, like, biotics in his body that take control of him and argue with him. Shit, I don't remember that. And it's like the exact same thing that happens in Venom. <laughs> and it's also the exact same accent. Yeah, Tom Hardy got this parasite. <laughs> what is up with this? Is he making fun of us? I don't know. He sounds more like that guy that played, what is his name? Steve, the boyfriend on Sex in the oh, City like, or whatever. Oh, I'm such a wiener, Miranda. Uh, I work in the bar. I'm just such a wuss. I, I don't respect me either, Miranda. Yeah, the Eddie Brock voice is just, I, I didn't much care for I, it. I just watched Dunkirk with my dad and just Tom Hardy like, 15 minutes, several gallons, like, your voice is normal, man. What's happening? How come when you affect American accent, you just get so derpy? Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing all that, <laughs> boss. Like, I'm Eddie Brock, crack reporter. I got I'm the just... most famous show on YouTube. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. 
And we're back to talk about what? Somebody go. Chainsaw skin in your ass raw? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, is, is that Fred Durst? He does pack a chainsaw. He'll skin your ass. It, it is. It is Sir Durst. Yeah. 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 Well, let's jump right in with... Number five. Uh, any N64 fans in the house? No, I shouldn't be. But, um, <laughs> I mean, I like N64. I don't recognize. Doesn't mean I recognize yeah, what I would this hope is. All of us. Any Con- Castlevania 64 fans? No. <laughs> oh my God. You mean you mean that awful fucking uh, <laughs> polygonal jump rope they call the whip? <laughs> yes. That thing was so funny. <laughs> Oh, my God. So, yeah, Castlevania 64, uh, widely reviled entry in the franchise, although I loved it when it came out. I I am not ashamed to admit that. I loved it. I played all the way through it. I I played through the sequel slash prequel, Legacy of Darkness, and uh, they were, in many ways, the same game with slight differences. Well, you're right. We we look back terribly on this now Mm -hmm. but i remember the feeling when it came out because like symphony of the night was out and this is game is great but it's clearly just a regular castlevania game wouldn't you like to see what it looked like in 3d Mm -hmm. and we weren't totally uh mature savvy enough to realize this isn't what we wanted the castlevania series to do really yeah uh but so we played a ton of this game like and like smilingly yeah everything got until later we realized it was was early 3d gaming and so everything was like oh there was that novelty of just playing Castlevania for 3D in the first time, and now we can look back and say, oh, they didn't do that the right way compared to other 3D Castlevania games. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's, it's just weird to think... It's historical comparison. Right. Yeah, it's, it's just weird to think that, like, we had Symphony of the Night, and like, but what else you got? Castlevania 64, I'm looking forward to that more than Symphony of the Night. Yeah. I was there, it happened. And I mean, the reviews for it were not good, even at the time. But, yeah, I didn't care. Like, this is everything I've wanted. This is amazing. And there is one scene... That is in both games where you are wandering around the gardens of the the demon castle and you can come upon him organically like there's just like this huge Frankenstein who's just sort of tending to, to the hedge maze with a chainsaw and if you find him before certain events are triggered he ignores you but in both games there is a little kid running around the hedge maze in the first game it's Malice, who's this creepy looking little goth kid, and in the in Legacy of Darkness it's Henry, who's this little blonde kid who you can play as once you finish the main campaign. Bottom line is the Frankenstein guy will get mad and he will chase you. Help me! And the the key giveaway that he's coming, other than the chainsaw motor, is the of his big metal feet because he's Frankenstein's monster. Uh, actually, I was just about to correct you. It's not the Frankenstein guy. It's the Frankenstein's monster guy. Yeah, Please but it's more fun Frankenstein's to best friend. Frankenstein's possessive. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually the creature, but... Uh, <laughs> no! To me, he's just Frankenstein. It's no fun to talk about <laughs> Frankenstein's monster's ass. Right. It's Frankenstein's sure, ass. Frankenstein's monster berry cereal. <laughs> oh, God. But uh, Frankenstein's... I'm just going to call him Frankenstein. I don't fucking care. Do it! Get crazy. Get crazy. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Don't listen to the yeah. other people. Yeah. He is mm-hmm. accompanied by two dogs that look like they came right out of Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters! <laughs> 
Now, the dogs can be killed, and then they'll respawn. Frankenstein himself, you can stun him. Like, you can hit him a bunch of times, and he'll just, like, drop his arms and stand there for a while, and then just sort of fall over. And he'll he'll drop a chicken when he does, which is great, but he will get up after a few seconds and resume chasing you. And uh, so you're stuck in this hedge maze with an invincible chainsaw killer trying to keep a kid safe. In uh, in the original game, the kid will just keep himself safe. In, in Legacy of Darkness, uh, you'll actually have to keep him from getting injured or it's game over, which is kind of a pain. But uh, Yeah, I don't need that Mickey Mouse-capade horse shit. No, Frankenstein is always there. He's always a pain in the ass, no matter when in in time you visit that place. Um, It was apparently also based on a deleted character. It was originally meant to be a player character who had, like, you know... It's not just that he's carrying a chainsaw. It's that he's replaced one of his hands with a chainsaw, like Ash from Evil Dead. And uh, the... The playable version was basically that, but like in cowboy gear with a six shooter. The game's set in the mid 19th century, so. Nice. Yeah. And I, I also discovered doing the research for this, I always kind of wondered uh, for Castlevania fans why. Uh, so, Sypha Belnades, Belnades from Castlevania 3 had a, has a descendant in this game named Carrie Fernandez. And I always wondered, like, why Carrie Fernandez exactly? And it turns out. For both characters, the name in Japanese like transliterates to Berunandesu, and so Belnades or Fernandez, which is probably what the original intention was. Mm. But uh, anyway, <laughs> any am, am I the only one with fond memories of this particular chase? No, I'm, I'm just looking up on Wikipedia, and one Tim Terry uh, hey. felt it was frustrating and flawed, yes, uh, but it yes. had a special place in his heart. Uh, due to this, its desperate and lonely atmosphere, which is it a nicer way to say lonely. underpopulated N64 game. Yeah. Which was kind of like my bedroom during the year this game came out. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. But yeah, like this, this did some interesting things. Like the, the very first boss is a gigantic skeleton. It's like, oh, couldn't do that on Super Nintendo. Uh, you know, and it's got. Skeletons on motorcycles flying around a model that, of a dirigible. Uh, that is what I badass. remember about it. And it was all pretty badass until it repeated itself over and over mm-hmm, again. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. oh, another shitty gear puzzle uh, jumping around on giant gears. Not like solving a puzzle with gears. That would be too pedestrian for Castlevania, obviously. <laughs> Um, in your in your research, was this the first chainsaw guy that was that difficult to kill? Uh, well, that was Invincible, I think so. Um, yeah. There might have been others. I mean, it, it seems like a pretty well-worn trope. Uh, although these, the, what we're talking about are, you know, five iconic ones, five really standout ones. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, then you could you could play as Leatherface in the, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre for Atari 2600. Atari. Yeah. Although, uh, I think there you were limited not by health, but by fuel. Like once the chainsaw runs out of fuel, then it's game over. Uh, That's the alternate ending to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh-huh. They cut that. Just it runs just out of gas well. and he has to yeah. go get more. Sees that it's yeah. $4 a gallon. He's like, what is this? Get this. I'm done. Now this is murder. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, all right. Well, let's move along to... Number four. Ooh. 
is this ringing any bells for anybody? Yes. Is the Groovy a giveaway? It is a giveaway. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to figure out which one it would be. If, well, here's uh, maybe this will help. Uh, you can hear the audio without the revving chainsaw, just, just the talking. <laughs> groovy. That's not Groovy. <gasps> That is not Groovy being spoken by the hero Ethan in which game? Oh, is this Dead Rising 2? This is Resident Evil Resident 7. Resident Evil, oh, sorry, Ethan. I, which one was, what was the hero's name in Dead Rising 2? Uh, I forget. Cut all that Blonde out. guy. <laughs> also <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ethan. The dude with spiky blonde hair. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. It's a common name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so Resident Evil 7, uh, obviously for most of the game you are contending with the core family members of the Baker family, Jack being the most menacing, uh, he will show up periodically to try and kill you, but he also seems to just want... He, he takes joy in it. He wants to mess with you. He wants to mess with your head. At one point, he just... Uh, he's got you on the ropes, and he just grabs your gun, puts it in his mouth, and says, you about to see something wonderful, and blows his own brains out, only to come back later. Um, yeah. he's He's a fun character, and so... This fight, which is very claustrophobic, it takes place in a small, like, meat locker with bodies hanging up, being, like, really the only thing between you and him. He tries to kill you with an axe first, and when that doesn't work, he walks to one corner of the room where there's, like, this weird scissor-like chainsaw sticking out of a corpse, tears open a fence, and grabs the chainsaw and goes, groovy, and if you grab the ch- the other chainsaw, the normal chainsaw sitting next to you. He's like, yeah, that's the ticket. Because he wants you to put up a good fight. It's like, okay, now it's going to be fun. And so this scene, for me, really underlines the mood of Resident Evil 7. And then it's like, on the one hand, yes, it's terrifying. On the other, it's really, really fun. It's really fun to get into a cramped space and have a chainsaw fight. Um, <laughs> yeah, this part was fun. The beginning of the game, when he like pops through a wall to grab you, is oh, just straight up terrifying. Yes, you have to yes, you yes. have to crawl through. And I feel like I'm not spoiling anything. This is this like is level last. one. Yeah. You have to crawl like into the floor, and then he's like stalking you. Yeah, like but then as the game goes on, you sort of get a little bit more powerful to the point where, as you're saying, Michael, you have a chainsaw duel mm-hmm. in a meat locker with just a hanging. I guess it's a. I think it's the cow. Carcass, right? It's not no, a human there's like carcass. four okay. human bodies. <laughs> I mean, they're they're like wrapped up they in sheets, sense. so yeah. you can't really. They're just, but they're human forms, and and that's what you use to kind of you play that game like you, when you were a kid, like running around cars, like mm-hmm. keeping a car between you yes, and your friend. Yes. You play that with like these carcasses, and, and you and can kind of push the the bodies yes, at them and yeah. knock them off balance a little right. bit. One of the one of the great moments is like I think either you block or you swing at the same time, and you get this grinding of the chainsaws yeah. against each other. Yeah, that was the grinding at the end. That game, if it didn't, it should have won a lot of sound design awards. It really should. The sounds in there were terrifying. Yeah, and I I think sadly, the the way I had to experience it is I had a TV that broke on the right side, Mm -hmm. so uh, they get. (laughs) <laughs> I had to wait for the warranty to come through after like two months, so I could only play games on PSVR, and I never wanted to play this on in VR. Mm-hmm. And the sound when coming out of both ends, ugh, 
It just uh, the sounds coming out of the earbuds and stereo while this is in VR. It was thoroughly uncomfortable. I oh, yeah. really don't think I could handle playing the whole game in VR. Definitely not. This is the type of game that would make me want to be a foley artist. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I tend to play games with headphones just for that reason because, like, there's a lot of directional stuff that's difficult to appreciate. No, no, sure, if you're yeah. just playing on a TV. Well, I think it was just like it was just like I remember how 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 happy I was when my father called and I was able to take off the game. <laughs> <laughs> that was they, they had just like that VR demo that was the you're sitting in the kitchen mm-hmm. and then like one uh, the girl uh, who I think was your girlfriend, your and, wife, I'm, and I'm spoiling like level one of the mm-hmm. game, but but she like creeps up behind you in this kitchen and that was a straight up demo where I was sitting there at work alone in a room and I noped the fuck out. I took the headset off and said. <laughs> No, because there's one point where she yeah, like reaches VR. behind from behind you and just covers your eyes with her hands mm-hmm. in VR, and I was like, nope, just took the headset off, and I was done, dude. Like, mm. yeah, no, that playing that game in VR would not be a pleasant experience. I'm saying that to, to the game's credit, it's it's fucking horrifying. Yeah. And yes, the, as for the foley, or just the general disgusting nature. I remember like I wanted to call somebody like, how many ways did you think of to model? Spoiled food. Yeah. Because yeah. the yeah. sounds so of scurrying gross. cockroaches and... Yeah. yeah. You could smell that game every time you played it. Oh, it was yeah. really <laughs> well, Especially in that, that first area, that, that little guest house that you're in. Yeah. Also, interestingly, I mean, I guess, I guess it's a little spoilery to talk about the chainsaw fight, but whatever. It's been more than a year. Jack is not the only person to attack you with a chainsaw. Uh, you're talking about Ethan's wife, Mia. She attacks you early on with one. I know you didn't mean to hurt me. You shouldn't have done that! It fucking hurts! Now, let's see how you feel. So that is uh, Ethan getting his hand pinned to the wall with a screwdriver and you have to like struggle to pull it loose. And just as you like you pull it loose in the nick of time, but then she attacks you with a chainsaw, cuts off your left hand. There's Mm -hmm. no way to avoid this. Then you have to just sort of stack her around the house with a stump for a while. Yeah. And that's one of the the kind of mind fucks of the game. If as long as we're getting spoilery, mm-hmm. is it does then you just wake up like later in you, the game. You wake up and someone's stapling your hand back. On. Yeah, and and like as a player, you're like, well, how is this possible? Other than it being a video game, and yeah. they eventually do explain how this can happen and how like the other characters that you think you've killed like keep seemingly coming back. Mm-hmm. And it also helps explain why in the chainsaw fight with Jack, he can sever your limbs. Like he can cut your leg off, and you'll be left like crawling around with him after you you have to go and pick up your leg reattach it and then like pour uh first aid liquid over it to to heal (laughs) it's like the indiana jones 3 thing where you just pour the hydrogen peroxide on Uh the wound yeah just heals miraculously Mm -hmm. it's sitting toward the end but the idea of having your limb removed is so disturbing. Yes. It works so well because just that doesn't happen in a game, right? Like you, you just die. That's not a thing. You don't walk around with a stump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> no, terrifying to consider. Uh, quick personal yeah. anecdote. So one of my friends uh, who I grew up with, he he has diabetes and he had to get his foot uh, removed oh, because of that. But he every year works at the local kind of like Halloween haunt. It's like a local, you know, like like one of those golf and stuff centers or whatever. They they do that. Yeah. And but he always 
uses that to his advantage. Like he, he basically Man. makes it part of his character. And so this year on Facebook, he shared this thing. He's like, uh, something happened at work and it looked like he'd had a legit accident where like the end of his stump was like grotesquely deformed and opened up and, yeah. and, and, and it looked like a flesh burrito. Yeah. And then he wouldn't let <laughs> on for long. Some people were like, did, did you hurt yourself or is that just makeup? And finally, after a few hours, like, no, no, that the makeup guys did this. And this is part of my spiel this year. Nice, but I'm like, nice. Oh my God, this is terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I, Use what I, you've been given. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I want to just tip my hat to all the amputees working in horror. You really do make it a, a special, special film moment when mm-hmm. uh, a limb is cut off like that. Definitely I love true. that shit. It's true. So one of the things that's, that's especially cool about this fight is that, again, it's very claustrophobic, which means that the very, very char- detailed character model of Jack is, like, right in your face a lot of the time. Like, you can see... The details of his face, his emotional state, which is mostly just kind of grinning and cackling maniacally. You also get to look into his eyes if you get the upper hand and uh, saw his head in half. (laughs) Pretty good screaming, I have to say. But uh, yeah, it is Sega CD Lizard esque. I love Mm -hmm. it. That that doesn't. doesn't even kill him he just like sits there with his head and hanging open in halves and like breathing heavily and he just regenerates while you're sawing away at him and yeah he's he's not indestructible but he keeps regenerating so it's like what do you do what do you do well if you're us you move on to number three Ooh, we got some 16-bit sounds there. Anyone want to guess who this could be? Huh. Uh, zombies Ate My Neighbors? No, but that's a good guess. No? That's a good guess. Is there a chainsaw okay. dude in that? There probably was. I mean, there's like a hundred fucking levels. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, th- this is Splatterhouse. This oh, is fuck! Oh. the boss of the third <laughs> level uh, who has a bag over his head and chainsaws for hands. And I found out he has a name, too. And it is Biggie Man. You swerved us because we know the hero mm-hmm. uses the chainsaw, and so I was immediately kind of discounting Splatterhouse well, on this list. He doesn't. Uh, I don't think he uses a chainsaw in the original. Oh, okay. like he uses axes, clubs, things like shotguns, Lights even of wood and stuff. And and shotguns are uh, vital to defeating Biggie Man because he obviously has some reach to him. Uh, he's he's a big guy. He's a gross mutant, and he comes back. In the uh, 2010 sequel, Splatterhouse. Big, Biggie Man. Biggie Man. Loves pancakes, Man. wrestles with yeah. the New Day. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. apparently... Does he, he, uh, does he also have a uh, a mask over his head? Yes, he has a bag over his head. Like like Jason yeah. in Friday the 13th Part 2. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, have you been listening to the Elm Street Nightmare? New season, people. <laughs> nice <laughs> luck. <laughs> yeah, he, he comes back... In the sequel, and I found out his his name. Uh, it might have originally supposed to have been Piggy Man, but for mm. some reason got translated as Biggie Man. But now it's canonical because that's who he is in in the remake slash sequel slash whatever. Uh, entering through an elevator, jamming his chainsaws through the door. Wait, wait, wait! I know this guy! Yeah, we are screwed. 
That is, by the way, uh, Rick's mask talking, the the terror mask, which is voiced by Jim Cummings, a.k.a. the voice of Robotnik and uh, Dr. Boxman. What's his character on OKKO? Oh, shit. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, whatever. doesn't matter. But uh, so this, this encounter uh, begins very old school. It is a direct th- uh, throwback to it's like a side scrolling bit where you have a shotgun. So it's basically trying to repeat the original boss battle. Except instead of a creepy forest, it's in a weird meat factory that only processes human giblets. So, you have this fight. And once it's over, he disappears, then saws through the floor, and you drop down, and you have a big old knockdown fight with him. With you just punching and punching and him uh, hitting you repeatedly with his chainsaws. That seems unfair. It's a little bit unfair. <laughs> but uh, you can regenerate constantly because of the mask. Like, you know, early on, Rick gets his arm ripped off and just like, oh, shut up, you baby. I'll regrow it. Uh, <laughs> the mask is very mean to him. You, you do get some revenge in that uh, when you get him down, you can tear his fucking hand off. Done with a quick time event, of course. <laughs> you have to grab the hand and and rip it off, and then you use it as a chainsaw. And like the the fight resumes, his health bar goes back up, and you fight him with his own chainsaw hand. And now he only has one chainsaw hand, and so it's a little bit more even. <laughs> this is a very Fred Durst Splatterhouse because I just I, can, I can't stop thinking of Limp Biscuit because the Durst. you see that character and he's just this huge buff dude wearing a Jason mask, no shirt, but like wearing jorts with a huge chain wallet. I wouldn't have gone Fred Durst. I would have gone John Cena with the big I guess, buff I guess, dude yeah, with jorts. But we didn't, you know, John Cena wasn't quite as popular back when this came out. So that was my frame of reference. It's like, he <laughs> it looks like he's going to a Limp Biscuit show. I can't quite put my finger uh, on especially why. Especially when you look, I was just looking at the soundtrack to this game, which is one of the reasons, one of the many reasons you'll never see mm-hmm. it again. So I, cause oh, yeah. I, I keep reminding myself, I see this in the wild, pick it up. Because it's the last Splatterhouse game ever, right? Yes. Almost 10 years since the last Splatterhouse mm-hmm. game. But uh, music by the accused Lamb of God, Mastodon, oh, Five Figure Death Punch, and of course they played my parents' wedding, Goat Whore. <laughs> of course, <laughs> nice. Goat Whore, yeah, right? You gotta have that. Can't have it. Can't have a game like this without Goat Whore. Wow. <laughs> when you finally get Biggie Man down, uh, he's still not dead, and you just get like this scene from his perspective with Rick standing over him with a chainsaw, repeatedly just jamming the chainsaw into him while he screams and the mask monologues. You once told her you'd love her until the end of the world. It's time to prove it, Rick. The end of the world is coming. Probably should have had some sort of content warning up front about the number of gross <laughs> chainsaw dismemberment noises in this show. Oh, wonderful. Matt's making a face. It's all the theater of the mind, man. Yep. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Because, well, like, Splatterhouse is... Other than Castlevania, the most Halloween game you can play. Absolutely. Yeah. You can play. And there, I just hate that the first one's so fucking hard. But it, what game should be hard other than Splatterhouse? Mm-hmm. Should be hard this as well. This year, there is a more Constantly. Halloween game that is 
free or ten bucks a month for PS Plus is I I have already made my Halloween plans. I will be playing Friday the Thirteenth on Halloween oh, yes. because it was oh, yeah. the the free PS Plus game for October. I want to know how the guy with chainsaw hands stays so jacked. Yeah, I don't know. Like <laughs> I, I, I thought about that. Like it's not like he can exercise. I mean, he he's clearly let himself go. In the sequel, he's he's gained some weight. Um, <laughs> well, he's ashamed of his, his loss in the first one. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, it looks really cool and all. But like, how does he feed himself? How do he put that bag on his head? How does he wipe his ass? Does he wipe his ass? Why does his hair look so yeah. good? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he must have a very caring and loving partner. I think. I, I guess. Yeah. Him, right? <laughs> he would need one. Uh, there's a missing. <laughs> yeah, there's a Mrs. Uh, Mr. Mrs. Mrs. Murderface. Man, yeah, biggie <laughs> big, big woman out there for someone. Biggie woman. Uh, <laughs> she just has combs for hands. <laughs> That's why his hair looks so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys are just doing Edward Scissorhands jokes now, aren't you? Yeah, it's about time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, is a Christmas movie. I don't want to see anybody watching that during totally Halloween. Yes, movie. agreed. Yep, I agree. Yep. This is not a Christmas movie, however. Number two. Again with someone sawing into an elevator. Uh, the little uh, camera switching noise might have been a clue as to who or what this is. If nobody has a guess, I can play a sound that'll make it clear. Yeah, gimme, gimme. know what this is this yep. is manhunt this is manhunt this is piggy guy pigsy pigsy uh, yeah. the final boss of manhunt is a big naked morbidly obese dude with a rotting pig head on his head mm-hmm. that, that he wears as a mask and he chases you around uh, with a chainsaw in this dilapidated little maze that he lives in this is one of the first times i got physically sick to my stomach playing a video game just mm-hmm. just this dude was so disgusting and gross oh, manhunt in general i remember it's like this makes me feel so dirty playing this <laughs> i mean in a I mean, good way but like there's something very grimy about it yeah especially the one where the dude's in your ear if you wore like the mm-hmm. xbox mm-hmm. headset and he's like literally whispering murder him and all this stuff yeah, in your yeah. ear yeah, no thanks it's got to be the most notorious video game. Oh, for definitely right up there. Well, if you listen to Jack Thompson. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's below the radar of people who get upset about Grand Theft Auto, but... Uh, yeah. It's, it harken, and it harkens back to a day where Rockstar made more than one or two games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which is very strange. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, this was sort of in the same universe as Grand Theft Auto. It took place in Carcer City, which was referenced in Grand Theft Auto 3 in like a radio mm. ad it's like uh, Carcer City Elimination like see convicts kill each other for fun and it's like oh okay well this is sort of that but you, you get you're a condemned convict who gets rescued from death row by a v- producer of uh, snuff films so it's the running man it's basically running man yeah with uh, you got gangs of people chasing after you and you're gonna be a star kid and you're gonna fight the old star who's pigsy Again, a gross dude with a chainsaw, uh, possibly one of the first visible penises in a mainstream game. (laughs) He seems to have that big dangly thing that is sometimes visible and sometimes not. Yeah, it's not a a tail. No, it is definitely (laughs) not a tail. But uh, your methods of dealing with Pigsy, like part of the reason this is such a great encounter is because uh, you are near the end of the game. 
He's very difficult. He's hunting you constantly. If he sees you, he's going to chase you with a chainsaw. Your only defenses are hiding in shadows and hoping he doesn't notice you. And, like, throughout the area, there are three little basic weapons. There's, like, two shards of glass and... uh, like a wood spike, I think, scattered around. You have to find them. You have to lure him by making noise. Uh, and then you have to wait till his back is turned, sneak up on him and stab him with one of these. At which point he won't fucking disembowel you with a chainsaw, but just like sort of punch you and run away. And and then come immediately hunting for you again. You but, know what? All the critics of this game, they were totally right. This is fucked up. This, this is, is like super, super fucked up. up. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's really weird. Up. Right. I feel like I would have marched on this game's behalf like ten, like 20 years ago, and now it's just like, what's the point of this? <laughs> well, here he is what's getting stabbed by some glass. Oh, the pig sounds. Yeah, well, well, the pig sounds. Unlike a lot of uh, creatures on this list, Pigsy is very, very vocal. Pigsy forgot why here. Busy board, going home, go to bed and sleep. It sounds like Tyler the Hormone Monster from season two. Of Big <laughs> yeah, <Mouth. kinda. laughs> still haven't watched that. You yeah. should. It's very good. Is it as good as? Stop! Not fair! Stop! Just imagining. I can't hear that without just thinking of the voice actor in the booth. Like, like, oh man, yeah, really good pig sounds. Yeah, keep that up. <laughs> Uh, Jim, we're going to need more pig noises. Yeah. (laughs) Pigsy, uh, also, like, one of the most gruesome deaths in the game. Uh, You have to trick him into uh, walking on an unstable piece of flooring by walking on it repeatedly as he tries to attack you. And uh, it'll, it'll fall out from under him, and he'll grab the ledge and drop his chainsaw and, I believe it's James Earl Cash, the, the main character, very calmly picks it up, and uh, begins to chop his fucking arms off. Yeah, very long fall that you get to watch on, on security cameras. And and it's gross, but I have to respect Pigsy's dedication to the character that even when he's getting his hands sawed off, he's still <laughs> making piggy noises. It's all for the audience. Yes. <laughs> Must commit to the bit. <laughs> oh, got it. Stinks in here. Ah, <laughs> uh, poor Pigsy. But no sympathy for this next guy. Uh, you all know what this is. Yeah, second Resident Evil game on the list. Mm-hmm. Resident Evil 4 Chainsaw Guy? Yes, Dr. Salvador. <laughs> He's a doctor. Another bagged chainsaw. I didn't game. go to eight years of medical school to be called Mr. Salvador. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, Dr. Salvador, another, yeah, another bag-headed guy with a chainsaw. And uh, he first appears during, I think, one of the best scenes in Resident Evil 4, which is uh, when you first arrive at the village of the Ganados, the uh, the possessed townspeople. Y- you guys remember the village, right? Yeah. It's yeah. an iconic It was scene. one of the first first levels of the game, wasn't it? it mm-hmm. was, yeah. Yeah. And then I, we, d- we did a full playthrough on our YouTube channel uh, yeah. last year. Well, it's... YouTube.com slash LaserTime. It's, it's especially cool because it's this totally nonlinear segment 
where you're just kind of running for your life, trying to barricade yourself into these very small houses that get very claustrophobic very quickly. And uh, you may not realize the trouble that you're in until the first time this happens. <laughs> Dr. Salvador, if he gets close to you, and he will, mm -hmm. uh, can kill you in one hit with his chainsaw, and he does it in the most brutal, humiliating way possible. He just swings it, connects with your neck, and you get that horrible grinding against bone noise, and then Leon's head just comes off, and you're dead. I remember how shocking it was for, like, a one-hit kill in a mm -hmm. Resident Evil game, because normally yes. it's like the zombies yeah. can kind of grab you, you have yeah. a little chance to get away, and this was like, wait, what? That that can't happen in these games. Yeah, I mean... Well, and, and that violent, even for yeah. a Resident Evil game, it's pretty grotesque. Yeah, well, it's so violent, in fact, that it had to be uh, censored in Japan, where it sounded more like this. So you can't show decapitation in Japan. So instead, I mean, you might have seen the concept art of Leon just like getting a chainsaw on the chest. That's what happens. Like Salvador just like chainsaws him across the chest and swipes it away and Leon falls over. It's still a one hit kill, but no decapitation. Um, and I will never forget that moment of just being in that attic and thinking like, okay, okay, I'll take a hit from the chainsaw guy. I'll just stagger back. And then that happens instead. And like, what the fuck <laughs> yeah. was that? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. It raises the stakes in that scene so dramatically. And uh, so, like I said, a lot of that is like just clambering up ladders, kicking down ladders, jumping out windows, blocking doors, like slowly pushing furniture as the townspeople get closer. And really, you're just holding them off because, again, they've got a fucking chainsaw. Yeah, they will just oh, saw down the doors, saw apart the furniture, and come right after you. Yeah, and this is when you get really good at kiting. Yeah, yeah, that's a good good way to think about it. I think this this, this game defied so many expectations of Resident Evil because... If you were playing this the way you had been playing, like up through like Code Veronica, as you're like, I have to conserve all my bullets, mm -hmm. and so this game was like, no, no, you're just going yeah. to you're going to fight off waves of zombies, and uh, bullets will be a lot easier to find. But like, if you hadn't, if you didn't know that going in, like this whole first level with the the one hit kill thing, and the fact that it's like, no, you're supposed to actually fight and engage with these things, not just run away. That's mm -hmm. totally different for Resident Evil Four. Yeah, and and also just the. The expectation of like, wait, I don't jump through windows. Other shit jumps through windows. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> I get to do this now? Yeah. You can't really stand your ground in the same way. No. No. Yeah. You absolutely can't. And really, you're just waiting out the clock. And I did notice going through uh, a playthrough of this and watching it, like, I never thought Dr. Salvador talked, but I noticed that this played every single time uh he was like that that dr salvador appears to be immortal like you can gun him down and he'll fall over but he won't stay dead so basta hijo de puta gets up and comes after you again i know what that means yes <laughs> enough you son of a bitch yeah doc, is salvador he appears many times after that apparently uh in an early demo for resident evil 4 like you can find a thing in the village like a, a picture of him with his back turned that talks about the legend of the chainsaw man who roams this area so uh, he's immortal is, 
But right. is this one of the characters that gets just like recreated in one of the Resident Evil movies? Probably. <laughs> I stopped mm. watching those after like the fourth or fifth one. Doesn't he eventually like chain two chainsaws together? Yes, there is a giant Dr. Salvador who appears in the Mercenaries mode and also in the 3DS Mercenaries game that does have like two chainsaws chained together. Nice. And he, Twice as effective. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he, he like, there's sparks and smoke that fly out of them when he attacks and... Uh, he doesn't need to saw through Leon's neck. If he touches Leon, Leon's head will just fall right off. Are we talking like Darth Maul puts them together, or is it like chainsaw nunchucks, like chain chucks going on? I think it's actually just like side by side. So oh, like two okay. blades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, he doesn't have great peripheral vision with that hood mm-hmm. on, so. <laughs> yeah. He's a, he's a crazy character, that Doc Salvador. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, definitely one of the most iconic things about Resident Evil 4. And uh, when he stops appearing is when the game kind of stops being scary and just hits that Resident Evil plateau of like, okay, now it's all action. Now I'm just gunning my way through known threats and I'm not afraid anymore. (laughs) But uh, you always think maybe he's lurking. Mm. The doctor Mm. is in. Yeah. Anyone else got anything to say about Doc Salvador? All right. Well, then in that case... We're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we'll talk about some new releases and some news and some other stuff, so stay tuned. Get up, turn your chains on. Power, power, power on. Now start with this tree here. No, here, not here. Come on, hurry, 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 hurry. Let's get scratching. Is the world of today getting you down? Well, then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies, TV, games, and more 30, 20, and 10 years ago this very week with our show 302010. Here's a clip from 1988. We've got to get out of here with some music real fast. Um, music, and look what's number one, Sarah. Rejoice. Yeah. Uh, Red Red Wine by UB40 is numero uno. How long has it been since people thought about UB40? And then, like, within two weeks, within a week of them having their 30th anniversary of having their first number one hit, all of a sudden we got to think about a fucking Supreme Court justice nominee throwing ice at a guy he thinks is their lead singer and starting a bar fight. I really do hate that song. Besmirched. Uh, I really hate this song. But I I said said on another show, I don't hold a lot of gender stereotypes, but... I think this song is terrible, and I've never met a woman who doesn't like it. And I hear it constantly wherever I am. It's so I hate this song. (laughs) I don't know why I like it. It must have something to do with double X's. It's uh, it's probably because it's got one of the worst raps ever in the middle. Oh, red, red wine, you make me feel so fine. My name is UB40, and I'm here to say I like red wine in a major way. Jump into the past with 302010 every Thursday on lasertimepodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Five, four, three, two, one. And welcome back to the final segment of our lovely show where we will waste no time whatsoever in jumping headlong into that segment that is known uh, among the ancients and the chainsaw bearers as... Everybody, 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 everybody. 
on bears. I like yeah, that. Yeah. that was yeah, what, what, was what are you second guessing yourself? Diesel bears love that song. <laughs> Uh, well, the game that I've played the most this week is uh, Starlink Battle for Atlas. And uh, just full disclosure, uh, George and I are both uh, employees of Ubisoft who Chill. have our cr- names in the credits of this game. And uh, I love it unabashedly. Uh, I have finished it twice, and uh, it is super, super fun. Uh, just uh, zipping around in a little spaceship on the surface of seven different planets, uh, blasting robot cyclopses, and then it's sort of like has that no man's sky thing where you can just take off and fly through the atmosphere and then breach the atmosphere, go out into space, and travel at hyperspeed to other planets or tackle uh, like various capital ships and things like outlaw hideouts with big scary skulls on them in the middle of space mm-hmm. um it yeah it's it's super fun real pretty as well oh yeah super pretty especially if you're playing on uh, xbox one or ps4 but if you're on the switch you if you're on the star switch fox. you're not supposed to play star on fox. switch man you get to do Who a barrel roll star mm. fox you speak of <laughs> that's the only thing i've seen of it that that's sexy ass uh, like animation of uh, Fox, uh, his introduction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his introduction is really cool. Like aiming his gun, whipping it around, putting it in a holster, and then like folds his arms, all R wings fly past him. It's great. But yes, if you get the Switch version, you do get Fox McCloud and his R wing, and you also get digital versions of the Zenith ship that comes in the other editions and its pilot, Mason. And uh, that the Switch version uh, has a little bit more content because it has. A Star Wolf quest line where you will actually Star or Fox McCloud will will go off and do these exclusive missions that involve the other uh, Star Fox characters constantly talking to you. The the Star Fox characters are integrated into the regular cutscenes, which they are not in the other versions, but they will show up and walk around on the bridge of of your ship, the Equinox, mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, and his he has a like every pilot in this has a special ability like you're in combat enough, you build up a meter and you can trigger this like super destructive attack. His is that he can actually call in one of uh his wingmates. So Falco or Peppy or Slippy will show up in another R-wing and help you out and you can like upgrade them so that they can stick around longer or do more damage. Also the R-wing has a twin laser if you don't have any weapons equipped on it by default. And you can get uh, mods over the course of playing the game and doing the Star Fox quests that will turn the twin laser into one of the most powerful weapons in the game. Like, it is devastating. How much custom... Yeah. So, so the whole deal with this game is it's the ships are customizable, or the yes. toys as yeah. you play with them, and that affects mm-hmm. in the game. So how much can you get away with with, with Star Fox's ship? Because it is sort of like Nintendo's property. Or do they mm-hmm. let you play around with that? Yeah. Because I've even heard, like, if you turn the lasers backwards on the ships, it'll fire them behind you and all that. Mm-hmm. So is all that possible? Well, I mean, I haven't actually tried firing the the twin lasers backward. I know you can flip the wings around and fly like yeah, that. Yeah, they'll fire backwards if you have them on the okay. wrong side, essentially. Yeah. That's cool. But yeah, I mean, you could have the R-wing chassis and just... All of the other wings, other random weapons, and make just the hideous, disgusting yeah. thing. You can you can have just the R wing chassis, chassis flying around by itself with no wings. You can put up to three pairs of wings on it uh, in different configurations and directions, so you get some sort of like weird monstrosity that looks like it's angrily shaking its fists at people. Uh, <laughs> and then you put weapons on on top of that. And I'm just going to make a recommendation right now: uh, pairing. Fire and ice weapons will uh, trigger a thermal shock effect that does massive, massive, massive damage and lets you uh, cut through most enemies pretty quickly. 
Well, yeah, if you've ever used Icy Hot, that shit mm-hmm. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Just squirt Icy Hot all over your enemies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but both of those are included with the base game, so... Um, so this is Toys for Life for, mm-hmm. for uh, maybe a little bit older nerds, rich kids? Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> well, it's really, aimed at... I, it's aimed at 8 to 12-year-olds or younger kids, but uh, the Arwing toy is so nice to have on your desk, let's be honest. It super is. That's what I've heard. The toys themselves are, like, super good quality. Yes. Like, yeah, they look great. They're, yeah. they're really lightweight. And, and the thing is, like, normally... Uh, you, you, there are two ways to play. You can play with the physical model, which uh, has a little uh, stand that plugs into your controller. If you're playing on Switch, it's it's like a charging grip for the the Joy Cons, uh, and then it yeah it reads it in real time as you like pop in the pilot and pop the ship on top of the pilot, and then stick weapons on, and you can just like sit there in the game and like pull off a gun, and it'll disappear in the game and pop on a different gun, and it'll reappear. Uh, you can also play entirely digitally. You don't uh, have to have the toys necessarily, and uh, the, and you can actually do both because uh, anything that you stick onto the ship or, or you link with the game, uh, if it's physical, it stays in your inventory for seven days digitally. So oh, if cool. you if you switch over to playing digitally, or you're like, I can't find my flamethrower. Where is it? Uh, you can just take the ship off, uh, switch to playing digitally, and like, oh, there it is in my inventory. So when my kids lose all those pieces, I have mm. seven days to enjoy the game. Exactly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't lose the pieces. So, so this thing, you said 8 to 12, give or take, what, 20 years? <laughs> I mean, I'm 40 and I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but tell me about the actual game itself. So like, you know, like when Disney had the Infinity and stuff, they had the toy box mode. Mm-hmm. Like, what are... How does this game play? Is is it like a shooter with a campaign, and then there's like an open like yeah, it what is, is it? It is an open world uh, star system, so you can you can travel around freely from planet to planet. Uh, you are inside of a ship at all times, and uh, it it's a little Star Foxy in that like yes, yeah, it's, it's it's a space shooter. Um, a lot of the the combat again is on the ground. You're kind of like hovering a foot off the ground, and you can sort of uh, strafe around things. And uh, it, it just a lot of shooting and uh, grabbing things with a, a toe beam and dragging them back to places. Eventually, you will get to the point where you are sort of building your own bases and recruiting uh, all these aliens to join your resistance army to try and uh, stop this despot that has resurrected this robot army uh, called the Legion. But, uh, yeah, stop me if I'm saying too much here, George. No, that's but it all seems accurate to me. Mm. I actually haven't played it myself, so I think you you probably know way more about it than, <laughs> than I do at this point. I have played it quite a bit. And, and that, that says something. I played it not because I had to, but because I really, like, the second time, it's like, I'm going to do this again. Yeah. Because it's, it's just so much fun. Like, just the basic loop of uh, flying around and shooting things and harvesting resources is a lot of fun. So you mentioned that if you buy it digital only, so you don't get the cool toys, but you get more ships. There, there are several digital editions where, like, you can buy everything that is out for it. Right. Or you can just buy some of the things. Yeah, you uh, can also just buy it digitally and then say like, "Oh man, I really want a ship now," yeah. and just go buy it. I really want that toy, but digitally it doesn't come with the girl repellent that the physical versions come with, <laughs> which are the toys. It depends. It depends how well. how loud your switch volume is on the bus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, it's an attraction because when you use Fox's ultimate ability, it plays the Star Fox theme song. That's true, and that that's really cool. I really like doing that. So. Not to get too spoilery, but one of the late game things is that you have to fight these giant capital ships. 
and going like on a strafing run and uh, taking down their turrets is like especially cool when you're playing that Star Fox theme. Like it ma- just makes you feel all pumped up. Nice. Or it made me feel pumped up anyway. Yeah. So it sounds like if you're disappointed by the Star Fox game for Wii U a few years back, this might be a good alternative Star Fox for Zero. Star Fox fans. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, such, it's such a pretty game that it's just not fun. It, like there's no, the, but control wise, there's not a fun way to play it. It's crazy. You mean the Star Fox game for Wii U? <laughs> Zero, yeah, yeah, Zero, yeah. Yeah, the Platinum game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the the way that people are already thinking about like oh what what's the next Nintendo franchise Ubisoft is going to do? I know. Is there going to be a, like a link? <laughs> God bless like, Ubisoft oh, man, for treating Fox McCloud with the respect he deserves. <laughs> I'm gonna put I'm gonna go out on a limb and say they're gonna put the Wii Fit Trainer into one of their Zumba games. That's gonna or like a down. Wii Fit Trainer Just Dance character. <laughs> oh, that might happen. That's I mean, actually perfect. Mario's awesome. already been in Just Dance. I'm surprised there wasn't a lawsuit already over that. Yeah. yeah. I, I still remember that was such a fantastic moment. Like I, I at, at, during E3 when the when Star Fox was revealed as part of Starlink, just being behind the scenes, knowing what's going to come, and then like yes. just hearing the the reaction. Like I was in the other room from the auditorium and like hearing the reaction through the walls, people cheering. That was such a great moment. Yeah. We were watching some of the reaction videos at E3, and mm-hmm. it was just like people were in tears and like shaking. Wow. It was great. I wish it didn't affect me, but it, it does. It does. I remember I delayed a conference call uh, for the Nintendo Smash Direct, and I, and I felt really bad <laughs> yeah. about it, but then they revealed King Karul, K. Rule, yeah. and I was like... Thank you, I have no regrets. This this sounds super cool, so yeah. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. glad, it's, I'm glad it's good, because yeah, that yeah. was one of those where when they announced it, I was like, this seems a couple of years too late, guys, like Twist the Life, but uh, yeah, it, if you're going to do it, and at this, this point in time, you got to make a good one, so... I'm glad. Okay. I'm glad it sounds good. Yeah. Uh, don't tell me. Did I? Did I miss all the talk about the dude? Did you guys do the dude already? Eh, not, none <laughs> of us have played it. Have you played it? I have. Please. Yes. Uh, somewhat frustratingly. Say more. Um, just because. Uh, yeah, I got back into town and somebody gave me a code and I downloaded it and then my internet went out for another two days. Oh shit! And, and there. Is I don't know. I meant to look this up, but there's not like a campaign, so like right. I couldn't play the game at all. There's there's uh, Blackout, which is the battle royale. There's the zombies, and then there's right. just regular multiplayer. And uh, of course, I will once again state, and I'm not a Call of Duty hater, but I know a lot of people are. But like, dude, free the zombies mode. Let people play that shit <laughs> uh, for like twenty bucks. I love I, that's the only thing I played is the zombies mode. Um, there's uh there's there's this off awesome weirdo Roman gladiator version of that that's for beginners, Whoa. but I got sucked it completely sucked into and the voyage of despair a zombies mode on a cruise ship which was if you ever play the zombies mode it's always there's always a bit to learn because there's always they throw in the wackiest fucking elements, uh but yeah just the ship is the biggest environment you've ever had access to in zombies mode which is normally pretty pretty yeah. self contained. And there was just a couple moments like, can anybody revive me? And like, nobody can find me because it's just it's such a big map from the onset. So I, I yeah, I haven't done it justice or anything. I really want to see blackout mode because, uh, truth be told, I like PUBG more than Fortnite. Yeah. I'm right yeah. there with you, friend. <laughs> Don't at me, my millennial dudes. Um, like uh, I, I do, and I want to see I want to see a fucking AAA polished version of that. But uh, yeah, very sadly, there's you, you. I couldn't touch the game uh, for an entire at least twenty four hours because of its connectivity. Shit. So there's you haven't tried to do. blackout mode at all yet. 
No, oh, no. Interesting. Okay. Not at all. I've had it. For, I've had access to it for about twelve hours. In addition oh, to man. trying to get all these podcasts up, that is that is the crown jewel of the experience. So next week, I know, I know, yeah. I know. next week I'll tell you about yeah, it because we, we won't. By then it'll be too late. We won't be able to talk about Red Dead because we'll be recording before it comes out. Oh my God! Oh, uh, wow. Let's just not record then. <laughs> <laughs> the no, point? I mean we'll be recording days before it comes out. Ah, man. Yeah. Uh, so other releases this week. Um, on the 16th, uh, Lego DC Supervillains released. It's the fourth all DC one, I think. Yeah, I think yeah, and then this one, uh, I think the gimmick's supposed to be that you can like uh, build and assemble supervillains or something. I, hmm. I don't know. There a lot. There's so many of those games came out. Building out. and assembling in Lego. Yeah, no, man. no, no, that doesn't add up at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got me, George. Well, I'm I'm gonna guess it involves a lot of smashing things, uh, collecting studs, and then building where you find. Buildable Holding a button to build yes. something. Yes, exactly. I, I, I hate the Lego games. I know <laughs> really? that people defend those. Yeah, I really do. I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, they have a charming shell, but like as games, I, I really don't like them at all. I, I try to every single time. I think they, they overstay their welcome very quickly, oh, but yeah. every few years, I can just get into them and like... There is something to be said about just collecting all those Lego studs and mm-hmm. like the little sounds it makes and stuff. It's, it's very much like a little kind of like Pavlovian yeah, response. If you're, if you're the Scrooge McDuck of free time. Yeah, dude. <laughs> if I had a child, I would forbid them from playing Lego games. <laughs> I think uh, that like Lego Marvel 2, I remember playing and it's like, well, this is fun, but like, why is this taking so long? This one level yes. and this one task. Yes. You, the biggest draw on a Lego game is like, let me see all this IP you're working yes. with, and it takes for fucking ever. Yes. Well, I was just about to say, I do have a child, and actually, one of the reasons I like those games is it lets me introduce them to cool shit I grew up with, ah. because it's like, ah, you're too young for real Indiana Jones, but you can play Lego Indiana Jones. Yeah. You don't need Lego to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's too young you, for Indiana Jones. You know you know another way you could introduce your kids to things you love? Take them to a Target, Cineplex, or watch television, because it's all one big fucking circle <laughs> jerk. It's true. It is. <laughs> it's all the same things everywhere. Nothing's new anymore. So yeah, I don't. I don't think any of us have much to say about this other than hey, new Lego game. Uh, Warriors Orochi Four came out, which is mm. I've heard these referred to as one of the Muso games. Is that, is that yes? Yeah, that's it's, it's one of. I think of them as the Dynasty Warriors games because yes. that's sort of what I grew up. It's yep. the kind of game where it's like you can choose from hundreds of different main characters and every level you're fighting off literally like thousands of mm-hmm. bad guys just in waves and uh, something to do with the Three Kingdoms usually. Yeah, it was Warriors Orochi I think came out of Samurai Warriors and I'm not sure, is that the one that like combines the Dynasty Warriors and Samurai Warriors characters? It's almost that as if there's too many you. of these games to keep track of. Hmm. So yeah, and, and there's another one this week. <laughs> the, the fourth. On the 18th, we saw the release of Reigns, the Game of Thrones version. Mm. Have any of you guys played Reigns at all? I've mobile? played Reigns. Okay. Uh, I haven't played, I have not. played the I really Game of Thrones to. version yet. I should. Uh, well, apparently, I mean, it's just a skin version. So tell me about mm-hmm. Reigns, though, because it looks intriguing. I've just, I haven't played so it. So Reigns is a very fun, silly game where you are playing as a series of monarchs, and your goal is to just answer a bunch of yes or no questions that will fill up four different meters at the top of your screen. And uh, each each meter represents a different uh, pillar of society, I guess you could say. So, like, one of them is military, one of them is church, people, merchants. And you, you don't want any of them to get empty. You don't want any of them to get full, because uh, if they get full, 
then uh, you'll be overthrown and depowered, and uh, if they get empty, then those people will just revolt and kill you. So it's it's really about just, can you make the right decisions to stay alive as long as possible? Also, sometimes there's dungeon crawling. Um, <laughs> that sounds a lot like yeah. Game of Thrones. Yeah. and Maybe minus the dungeon yeah, crawling. Yeah, and right? it has a bit of an Infinity Blade thing in that you are continually dying and playing as your uh, your son or daughter there there are both uh king and queen versions that you can play i think the original was king and then came out with the the queen version uh i want to say earlier this year or last year mm-hmm. cool and they're both available on the switch actually in like a are bundle they? pack yeah i don't know that like I, I feel like the phone is like a natural place to play this because it really is just like swiping left and right so it's it's sort of like tinder but with yes or no questions <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, Not that I know, Diana. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so another new game that comes out that is something that I think uh, Laser Time fans uh, love these games. Jackbox Party Pack 5 uh, hey, came hey, out this week. Whoa, I didn't see that. Yeah, it kind of came out of nowhere. I, I didn't even know this was going to be a thing, and then, and then I saw the release. It's like their uh, Mario Party competitor. Dude, did you play this? Did you play the new Super Mario Party? No, have you? Yes, that game rules. Does it? <laughs> it's is it really good, good. Okay. yeah. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, you got to have an extra set of Joy-Cons, but, like, yeah, I did it four players, and, like, it could move a little faster, hmm. but that's always been the case. Uh, yeah, I haven't enjoyed one this much since, like, seven or eight, so, yeah. Well, with Jackbox Party Pack 5, they're billing this as the biggest party pack ever. Uh, so this comes with uh, You Don't Know Jack Full Stream. It's the classic returns full of wild new surprises. Shocker there. Uh, the what-if game Split the Room, where you create strange and divisive hypothetical situations. What if we none of us have played this game, for hmm. example? Um, strange hypothetical. The, the lyric hmm. writing game Mad Verse City. So you channel your inner MC as a rap-battling robot. Uh, the sure. competitive drawing game Patently Stupid. Uh, create odd inventions to solve bizarre problems. And the deadliest game show in the Crab Nebula, Zeepledome. Fling yourself at bloodthirsty aliens to win millions of Zuba bucks. Hmm. I don't know. He Sounds like a the, Jackbox game. The deadliest game show, and I just imagined the most dangerous game show. Which is man. <laughs> man. 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 I don't know. Riddle me this, man. Is, but... You mean to tell me he's out here hunting people? Yeah, I'm doing iced tea from surviving the game. That's an update of the most dangerous game. I mean, that could be iced tea from like yeah. Law and Order SVU yeah. now at this point. Damn right. You mean to tell me this is going on here? Like that's that's his deal. That's what he does. In <laughs> that is his, ca- his catchphrase. You mean to tell me? Yeah. You mean, you mean to, tell to tell me tell I have me? to explain this to the audience? <laughs> you mean to tell me I gotta buy deluxe edition of this game? Nah, dog. That's some camper bullshit incel garbage. I'm- <laughs> <laughs> who was it who was saying that uh, his whole character is just that he reacts with surprise to things, even though he's supposed to be John a hard police detective? Okay, John Mulaney. John yeah, Mulaney. Yeah, but yep, it's, a, yes, right, it's, right. a, it's a narrative it device mm-hmm. where he, yeah. he gets to explain yeah. to the uh, CBS-fed audience you, the headline they're ripping you mean from. You to tell me I'm the audience <laughs> surrogate? That's exactly yeah. Yeah. So meta. You mean to tell me i got to explain video games to Bitches in 2016. <laughs> Fuck that. So we have two releases coming in on Friday. Dark Souls Remastered is, mm-hmm. is finally coming out. Woo! Finally, yeah, after Switch. seeing a delay, uh, and oh, then Soul Calibur Six with Geralt. Oh. Geralt is in Soul Calibur Six. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, oh my god. I don't I know if that's that. all platform or if that's just one of the. I think platforms. it's all platform. Probably all of them. Yeah. Which one has yeah, Darth Vader? 
well, in mm-hmm. the end, all of them did. The PS3 yeah, version true. came with Darth Vader because black, and the the uh, 360 version came with Yoda because green. Um, so yeah, and then I just wanted to talk really briefly. We uh, we got codes for a game that came out last week, and I, I talked about it a bit. But I spent a lot of time with WWE 2K19, mm-hmm. um, oh. which a uh, friend of the show, Dave Redden, worked on. So I don't know, disclosure there, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Chill. <laughs> you mean Dave Rudden, my the co-host on an Elm Street Nightmare, uh, twice a week for patrons at Patreon.com/slash/LaserTime? <laughs> Chill. <laughs> uh, yes, that Dave Redden, guys. Or Desperate. Uh, so I, I got to play it. I played a little bit in the uh, the new the return of the showcase mode. That's uh, the the story of Daniel Bryan, mm-hmm. uh, and that that mode's great. I'm glad they brought it back. The last one I played was the Stone Cold Steve Austin one, who is my favorite wrestler of all time. So I love that Daniel Bryan's great. I um I kind of came to the Daniel Bryan party late and kind of wasn't following his career from the beginning. So it's great for me to kind of play as and live those earlier moments in his career and see how he kind of made it to the top. Mm. Um, is there is there a mini game when you can reassemble his neck? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Actually, I'm just curious uh, if one of my favorite features from the old WCW NWO games is coming back, which is can you rip off masks and or smear face paint? As you're wrestling. Mm. Oh, uh, don't know. I haven't fought any masked wrestlers yet. That's well, a good get question. on that. Yeah. I mean, I've created... I So I I have played a lot of the My Career mode, which, boy, does that storyline go places. Mm. Um, that's really good. And I think the voice, you know, regardless of who you create, if it's a male... It's voiced by Brosif Joe Brody, the voice of Hood Slam from Local. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. At least he was promoting that when I was at a, lo- a recent Hood Slam show. Um, so that's really cool. Like, as I'm playing, it's like, wait, that's that's got to be him, right? That guy fucking rules. He poured Jack Daniels in my mouth <laughs> after I was spitting out the taste of Axe Body Spray fucking his entrance screen. He poured Jack Daniels in Dan Reichert's mouth, and then Dan spit it all over me when he was uh, guest hosting nice. what, uh, Hood Slam I went it's to. fucking metal. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I played a lot of the My Career mode. Like I said, the story goes places. Um, so I think the game itself, like if you've played WWE games, the engine is what it is. And to be honest, like my biggest impression of this of this game was like this is a it's a behemoth series that is just like it has to keep on rolling year after year. And so with that comes a lot of baggage and stuff that it's really tough for them to kind of you know sort out Mm -hmm. um but it's also like with that there's a lot of assumptions i think like things that as someone who has taken a few years off and hasn't played one of those games like there were straight up things i'm like okay well how do i do this like simple things like how do i climb to the top rope to to do an attack right like I, i could get to the middle rope and stuff where like i think there's just it's sort of like a madden game where they almost like a suit there's this learning curve that once you do learn the stuff, you'll remember it, but there's so much shit to learn that it's like, I don't remember how to do this, you know? So, um, mm. I had a little struggle with that. I had one personal struggle. I'm, I'm partially colorblind and the menus in this mm. game, they use red text to say what you're highlighting. I can't see that because the, the font is really thin. Like if it was a real thick font, I could, I could recognize red from black. So I'm fucking guessing which menu item I'm selecting in any of the game Great. menus. That is not a good experience for me and there's no colorblind mode. Mm. So that's, like I mean, playing in Japanese. It's like my fault technically, I guess, but a lot of no, games it's now. It's definitely not yeah. your fault. It <laughs> is. I mean, it is your fault. I mean, How you dare you, sir? A lot of games now have colorblind modes to get Your mother didn't pray stuff. enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, but I will, I will say, there's just like, what 2K is really good at is like all the stuff surrounding the main game itself, right? Like they do the, they do the 2K basketball games really well, mm-hmm. and the wrestling games are the same where it's like, 
as a wrestling fan, there's no better fan service game. Regardless of what you think of the moment-to-moment gameplay in the engine, like this game is like, if you like wrestling, you need to be playing this game because this game will do everything you want it to. And actually, they even had a thing where you can use like this currency to unlock wrestlers. They should have an option like just hit one button and it unlocks all the wrestlers because they're like, Mm. we know we know you want this. Like you can shortcut past the gameplay. The one thing that you can unlock, though, is in the creator wrestler mode, all the stuff, which I guess last year they got a lot of flack for. You could only buy a lot of that stuff with premium currency. Mm. Now you can you earn free currency over the course of the my career mode and then you can unlock more and more stuff. So if you do want to like recreate your favorite wrestler it might take a little bit for you to unlock that stuff you won't be playing as kenny omega quite yet although the one of the things this game is really great at is the community creates amazing versions of wrestlers so i already have like cm punk and Cody rhodes and, and you know and all the wrestlers that are no longer in wwe they're back in, in my version of the game just a download away so hmm. um i would say if you're a wrestling fan you need to pick this up it's perfect fan service if you're expecting major shifts and changes to like the gameplay in this engine that's not going to happen anytime soon. But the the stuff around it, the showcase mode, the my career mode, it's really fun. It's a really good time. So uh, check it out. Is there is there a mode where you can uh, back out of a shady deal with Saudi Arabia? <laughs> <laughs> In this game, we've created a mode where you reassemble journalists. <laughs> oh Jesus! <sighs> oh. But that has nothing to do with the video game, which is quite not. fun. So you could... It does not, which yeah. I believe contains an, an, an Easter egg of me somewhere in there. Try and find it, Does folks. it? Really? Huh. Uh, yeah, wow. maybe you guys too. I don't know. I heard it from someone. I can't say anything. I can't say anymore. <laughs> I wonder. Maybe I, you're a fan in the I background. didn't know the body hair options went that high. Hey, come on. <laughs> <laughs> There's still just a texture. <laughs> I need... So that's it for new game releases this week, or old game releases that I can talk about. Well, let's transition into the torturous sound that precedes the news segment. News. At 16.91 seconds of audio hell. I feel like I just built an exact replica model of the General Lee with a Confederate flag in the time it took <laughs> to hear that sound effect. When's that coming into the Star Stargate game? Or Starlink. <laughs> Starlink. <laughs> Who can say what the future holds? Hey. Well, it looks like the old Duke boys were out of oxygen. <laughs> uh, speaking of time spent to build things, um, a lot of people are talking about a story about Rockstar. Uh, mm. where um, one of the founders of Rockstar is quoted uh, uh, about talking about how they often spent 100-hour work weeks. And the internet blew up about this. Mad Magazine has opined on this. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. They wrote a- so Mad Magazine has yeah. never been better, by the way, if you're not reading it. It mm. is fucking amazing. Read Did, Mad yeah. Magazine. They did, like, a children's like cartoon thing that was just brutal. Yes, mm. yes. But, like, it's not... Anything like the old magazine, Michael, you would love it. It's basically like a collection of the best web comics and funny oh, people okay. in the universe, and n- not that many consistent features. Just this giant book of funny. Yeah, it's satire punching up instead of down. Yeah. All right. Cool. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. It's weird to have a woke mad magazine. <laughs> yeah. What was their joke? It was like uh, secret messages that were hidden in Red Dead Redemption yeah, 2 by like overworked developers. One of the wanted posters was a resume. Things like yeah, that. Yeah. That's really it was like, good. It was the card game, yeah. card game mini game, uh, and he was holding up the, uh, he had a nine and, a, and yeah. two aces. A cowboy's <laughs> dying quote is like, please tell my family to call me an Uber. I'm hiding in the third floor of Rockstar's office. You know, obviously, that's, that speaks to how out of touch the Housers are. Because that's that's been pretty synonymous with work at Rockstar for a while, but he still thinks of it as a, this like fucking greatest generation badge of honor. They love our product so much they work hundred hours. Let me give you guys the quote. So um, this is from a, a piece where basically the, it's it starts by saying the polish uh, the polishing rewrites and reedits Rockstar does are immense. So that's in the original story where the quote appears, mm-hmm. and then the quote is. We were working 100-hour weeks several times in 2018, Dan says. So it's Dan Hauser. Uh, the finished game includes 300,000 animations, 500,000 lines of dialogue, and many more lines of code. Even for each RDR2 trailer and TV commercial, we probably made 70 versions, but the editors may make several hundred. Sam and I will both make both uh, lots, lots of suggestions, as will other members of the team. Uh, and then, so, the, so that got out, and people kind of took it as, oh, he's bragging about... Uh, these 100 hour work weeks like it's a badge of honor like hey Mm -hmm. our team is willing to put in this he then kind of walked that back and had a follow up statement which I'll quote here the point I was trying to make in the article was related to how the narrative and dialogue in the game was crafted which was mostly what we talked about not about the different processes of the wider team Uh, so Hauser wrote this in an email to Variety after working on the game for 7 years the senior writing team which consists of 4 people uh, Mike Unsworth Rupert Humphreys Laszlo and myself had, as we always do, three weeks of intense work where we wrapped everything up. Three weeks, not years. We've all worked together for at least 12 years now and feel we need to get this, uh, we need this to get everything finished. After so many years of getting things organized and ready on this project, we needed this to check and finalize everything. More importantly, here's the key quote, we obviously don't expect anyone else to work this way. Across the whole company, we have some senior people who work very hard purely because they're passionate about a project or their particular work. We believe that passion shows in the games we release, but that additional work effort is a choice, and we don't ask or expect anyone to work anything like this. Lots of other senior people work in an entirely different way and are just as productive. I'm just not one of them. No one senior or junior is ever forced to work hard. I believe we go to great lengths to run a business that cares about its people and to make the company a great place to, to for them to work. And I'm sorry for such a long quote. I just wanted you know to give us the full story and kind of hmm. to give him his full well, rebuttal. I, I, I still think it's a naive statement because everything I've heard to his sort of credit, everything I've heard is like the housers. They do work like that all the time, like nonstop. And Mm -hmm. even if you're not decreeing your employees do that, you are sending a message that's, that's how business gets done. Especially Mm -hmm. when, if you're working at 11 o'clock at night and you come up with an idea and send off an email, you're, you're usually forcing someone else to answer that in a timely fashion. And, I I know myself and someone maybe else on this podcast has been witness to that kind of shit. Mm, maybe we've, we've seen that happen. <laughs> I was just gonna say the other thing too is there he might not be aware of it, but that doesn't mean it doesn't go on, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't mean if if you're if you're if you're promoting people who work like you do that you're not yes. conveying yeah. to a company of hundreds that you are required to work like that. And there's social um, pressure, right, to yeah. stay late and, and social shame that can take place without you knowing it. I think the the best take I've seen on this quote in particular was saying, you know, senior leadership should lead by example. And you were mm-hmm. setting a bad example yeah. when you were putting yourself in positions where you're working 100-hour mm-hmm. weeks and, you know, suffering the health repercussions and relationship repercussions that that type of work schedule 
causes. Yeah, and it, it causes damage to families, and it's this weird. It's when you see that convergence of art, art being made by hundreds of people. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that's something you want to get perfect and right and passion you're passionate about that you do end up in sh- and shit like that and, and like uh, we've all heard of the dangers of crunch right and it just I think video games in general need to learn how to form a better workflow I know I have a bad workflow mm-hmm. but my bad workflow doesn't <laughs> melt over to like every, like a hundred yeah. other people's jobs it doesn't it doesn't yeah your workflow doesn't involve hundreds of people and I think yeah. that's the point is like with video games yeah. they're these giant things and like if anything goes wrong like it's really tough to steer that ship and to keep everything on track and so like yeah even one or two little problems can result in delays that then could either if you're if you're trying to hit a release date those can result in crunch like if you have to hit that date and so it's like it's as someone who works in the industry i know mm. exactly how this happens and and i you know yeah. i can't speak for everyone but i i can say probably most people they don't intend to do all right. that crazy crunch it's not like yeah. a mm. it, you know it's not like this thing it might be slight badge of honor and stuff, but it's not. They don't ever set out to say, "Haha, I'm never going to see my family for two months on end." <laughs> right? But well, I, it depends but I know how much how you happens. hate your family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, but, but what what you do see, and the only insight I've had on it is that shit like crunch happens because I think we've heard this said, like ninety percent of your game comes together at the last, you know, at the last round. There is a shitload of downtime in the beginning of production of a game, and I think somehow. CEOs and executives have taken that to mean, well, you're not working very much in the beginning of a game. You're going to work your dick off at the end. And that's bad workflow. That's bad organization. And at this point in the medium, it should probably be a little better. Hmm. Well, I mean, I even working at Games Radar, like I put in tons of crunch. Like uh, there were there oh, yeah. were plenty of times when like I had a deadline looming and I'd be at the office all day and then I'd come home, eat dinner, and then just lie on the couch and write until 4 a.m. And that was that was pretty standard for me. And I mean, there were there were times when I was just like, yeah, my brain just runs best on autopilot. If I get into the the early some, something about lack of sleep and uh, deadline pressure, like creates uh, work. Basically, it creates things. Well, as, as a as a content creator, I know I don't. Mm-hmm. I work better when a, with a looming deadline. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and like working out working on a game. I mean, did you read that awesome story about how what happened to Mass Effect? How like. Not much happened for months until, like, while people were fig- figuring stuff out. And then, like, and then it slowly had to come together. And then it really had to come together very fast mm. at the very end. And then it made the classic Andromeda we all know and love. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's, but, but I think, I think my, my personal takeaway from, you know, wanting to stand up for the rights of workers and working in the games industry is that there is, there is an awkward workflow problem. And that not a lot of work happens in the beginning. Too much work happens at the end. And it's not healthy for hundreds of people. Mm. Um, thousands of people. Tens of thousands of people. I don't know how many people work in the game industry. It's got to be like 25. <laughs> 25 <000. people>. 25, <laughs> 25 people. 25 is the highest number. That's, yes, 25. 24 <laughs> people, no more, who work in the games well, industry. I mean, there's, there's a developer I follow on Twitter, Liz England. And she, I think, was talking about something that frequently, I, like... We've just said something extraordinary in that first quote that I think is ignored. 500,000 lines of dialogue allegedly created by four people. 
Like, you think 500,000 lines of dialogue, a novel on average is 40 to 50,000 words. Words. <laughs> 10 novels is 500,000 words. 500,000 lines of dialogue. That's half a million lines of dialogue that have to be written, vetted, approved, recorded. My God, can you imagine that workload? All great. Yeah. Most of the lines are just them going, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You betcha. <laughs> oh, look, there goes John Marston again. <laughs> he forgot to use the quick travel. <laughs> Was that Speedy Gonzalez's cousin you were just doing? Slopot Rodriguez. <laughs> there is you that can scene still in see me on television. <laughs> I mean, one thing I'll say in regards to like this Dan Dan Hazard statement mm-hmm. also is like, I feel for the guy. Like it, it sucks to have a statement and then have it be turned and then make a corrective statement and then everyone go, "Well, this still doesn't do anything." But it's one of those scenarios where I think he should be dragged for these statements, right? Yep. Because it sort of tacitly says, "Like this is the way we work," and it and it's successful. And you know, this is I should be praised for all the hard work that I put in, even though I'm not making anybody else do it. And that's the kind of thing that needs to be shot down. Like that should be it should be a right. shameful act to admit that. Yeah, and I think he he was using it as like a 1940s point of pride. My boys put in time past the clock. Yeah. I, I think that's a great point, George. And I, th- I think if nothing else, like whenever stuff like this happens or like the violence in video games debate can you know comes about again, it just at least people talking about a thing is raising awareness of this yeah. issue, which hmm. hopefully will eventually result in like you don't want people to have to work hundred hour work weeks. That that's that's bad for people, right? And so you know at least yeah. maybe the discussion is going to result in. Hopefully something positive. Just the fact that it did blow up and everyone is talking about it. I hope. You, you don't like. I, I don't. Yeah. I absolutely. I like that people are talking about this. But it is. We do. You guys work in a bizarre medium, of that makes seemingly on the surface makes a ton of people unhappy, including the people who enjoy the games. <laughs> so you have yeah. miserable workers and miserable fans. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? What do we do about <laughs> yeah, this? What is this? These are supposed to make people happy. Right. What's going on here? I have. Ugh. I got to hear from the people who made Mario Party. <laughs> Please tell me no one committed suicide while creating the uh, beef frying portion. Of it. I'm sure nobody. Just, I, well, they're still chained up in Japan, so <laughs> <laughs> Miyamoto seems yeah, pretty happy. They couldn't get their hands free. He's doing something right. Mm. Gardening most better. Better workflows. Mm. I don't. I do not know how this issue gets solved. I really don't. Mm. Um, uh, labor but, unions, maybe. Maybe, but then one like, idea. And then, like, uh, but I don't know how that you have to get rid of crunch. You have to have someone who designs a workflow where this art can move, and like it doesn't. Someone's got to think of it, and then uh, hundreds of people have to execute it. And sometimes it doesn't go the way you thought of. And I find that the people who are doing the work are probably more likely to limit the hours that they spend doing it. But yeah, that just. But then you look at the case of Ren and Stimpy, and that was not the case. That was uh, that was only animators making animation and creating a massive workflow problem. True. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, it, it just it's one of those things I see people bitching about, and I'm glad they are. And it's just, but I don't see it getting any better. I really don't. Yeah, and I don't see I don't see this affecting the sales of RDR two. Let's. I mean, yeah. I mean, it can't. I've already pre-ordered it. <laughs> you can't cancel a pre-order, people. <laughs> Sorry, it's I mean, no, digital, digital pre-orders. You can, you literally cannot cancel digital yeah. pre-orders. Yeah, I, I wanted or to a cancel Patreon subscription because I wanted to get the the one with the more content. And like, no, I just bought the sixty dollars version. There's like another story mission that I'm not getting. Yes, I have yes. to have everything, all five hundred and ten thousand uh, lines of dialogue. 
I will be fine with the 70 hours I put into Red Dead. And as much as I, from afar, admired Undead Nightmare hmm. and all that other shit, like, I put in... I'm like, I gotta play other stuff. Sorry. No, you don't. Maybe make your games... Unless you're gonna make this weird GTA Online thing work in Red Dead, which I find unfathomable. Hmm. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe make the game shorter. Send your way. people home earlier. Only 70 hours? That's not enough. That's not even one person's work week, Chris. Yeah. Jesus. Casual. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I spend 70 hours a week ed- editing us at a podcast. Hmm. So, <laughs> so in news of things that I have willfully dedicated hundreds of hours of my life to, mm-hmm. let's talk Destiny news really quick. The Forsaken expansion now just comes with the other expansion pack DLC for free. It's it's already included. So as someone who paid full price for that when it came out and also paid full price for the other things, it sucks for me, uh, but that's typical early adopter problem. So now it's like, hey, if you want to get into Forsaken, which is really, really, really good, like if you played... Some of the other uh, Destiny 2 DLC and didn't like it, uh, now is a great time to hop back in because Forsaken is awesome and you get all that other stuff that, which makes sense, like, you kind of have to play that other stuff to get to the de- the, the Forsaken content mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of the time, so it makes sense to me that now it's just included for free, all in one price. Other Destiny news, some old favorites might be returning to the game. Fans have kind of been digging around in the game's code. And they found uh, a reference to the Feeding Frenzy perk, which, George, I know you played a lot of Destiny. Uh, we used to talk about it a lot at the office. Do oh, you remember yeah. the Feeding Frenzy perk? Which gun that was tied to? I do not. That is a Thunderlord perk. Thunderlord, oh, which was like yes. the oh, of course. electric machine gun. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Thunderlord might be making a return to the game. There's also audio files that they kind of uh, found of Amanda Holiday, who's, who's there in the city. She's referencing the Cosmodrome location from Destiny 1, saying, hey, this is your last time going back to the Cosmodrome. So sleuths are kind of putting things together and saying, hmm, are you going to get to somehow go back to the Cosmodrome area? Uh, and are you going to be able to get the Thunderlord, which as a fan of Destiny 1 is very exciting because I, one of the things about 2 I kind of miss is they abandon certain weapons, you know, like everyone loves their Galahorns. You gotta have your Galahorn. Um, yep. Icebreaker. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, uh, Black Spindle. Like, there are certain guns that they have, they've said, oh, this is the Destiny 2 version of like Black Spindle or whatever, but there are some old favorites that, uh, yeah, bring them back. So, uh, and that's in addition, I think some people leaked uh, the last word, which is another, that was my preferred machine gun. That's also making a return soon. So exciting stuff. Part of this might be tied into the Festival of the Lost event, which returns October 16th. So that's that's happening now. Um, there's going to be new masks, new items, new bounties. And then the cool part is it all culminates on October 30th. There's going to be a quest to find the Reef Cryptarch Master Ives' Killer. It's a murder mystery that's happening at the end of the month. Uh, that's a special quest tied to this in-game Halloween Destiny Festival, which, uh, yeah, that's kind of cool. Oh, fuck, Destiny did the coolest Halloween stuff. Fuck, I have yeah. not dug into Forsaken at all. So that's all going Damn on it. right now. So if you have Destiny 2, go in. That's that's all free. Oh. That doesn't require any DLC. Oh, well. God I've damn. avoided going back so far. So mm-hmm. mm. doing my best. I have managed to break the tether that bound me to Destiny, and I fear going back. <laughs> George, I, I have a needle right here. That's, uh, <laughs> oh, God. Destined. Uh, Fallout 76 is partnering with the West Virginia Tourism Board. This is great. <laughs> this <Yeah>. is amazing, <laughs> right? I don't even know. Nukes yeah, can't possibly make this state worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the point. It's a post-apocalyptic game that's showing things uh-huh. like this is this state blown up. And yet they're like, eh, it's, I think it's kind of cool. They're like, you know what? Fallout is huge. Mm-hmm. And it has that cool song that I can't get yep. out of my fucking head. A John Denver song. They're like me. They're like, embrace the void. <laughs> 
Or embrace the games industry. So oh, that too. That too. It's, that. it's all in yeah. fun. It's a fantasy. Maybe more people will go to West Virginia in search of a of, of Vault 76. You mm-hmm. know, kind of like the people who went in search of Hobbiton in New Zealand. Sure. I, f- I find state ads so consistently weird <laughs> that it can't get weirder. Mm-hmm. You know, like, this is great. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Also, Bethesda probably has a larger fiscal budget than West Virginia does. So, <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was low-key like the greatest thing I've ever said. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Slow burn. You're, sorry, George. You're a smart guy, George. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, in, in what could be the most perfect example of self-awareness ever, Hitman 2's first elusive target will be none other than... Sean Bean! <laughs> yeah. Yes. I've heard about this. I've heard about this. So these are the, they're the limited events where it's like everyone has to go find this, this hard-to-kill target. Like Gary Busey. <laughs> That's right. Gary, Gary Busey, Busey was had, in one. an yeah. awesome Donald mm-hmm. Trump stand-in. Which, by the way, we streamed that game, uh, Mr. President, uh, where yes. you just like let the president get killed over and over again, thinking he wouldn't become president. Mm-hmm. And then I realized I think we all committed a felony. <laughs> yeah, by well, streaming you're, you're, it. Mm-hmm. If you weren't already, you're on a list, dude. Yeah, oh. you can already pay a good money to hunt Gary Busey in real life. So. <laughs> I'm the most dangerous game. <laughs> See, fear, I, I need the money. Uh, unfounded <laughs> energy, anger, personified. <laughs> He's great in Big Wednesday. Please see him. Mm. Uh, Sean Bean Big will Wednesday. take on the role of Mark Faba, a former MI5 agent look, uh, turned freelance assassin who's known as the Undying because he's so adept at faking his own death. So he he's known mm-hmm. in the game as the Undying, but we all know him as the guy that dies in just about everything he's in. Which technically are all faked deaths, so it works. True. I still, I still oh, wait, wait, am I behind in Game of Thrones? <laughs> you, you might be. Well, no, I mean, they're all fake. Oh, they're oh, acting. Yeah, yeah. Acting, <laughs> dear boy. Okay. Uh, he didn't die in Silent Hill, though. What a letdown. So, yeah, he's the, he's the first official one of these, and I think it's cool. There's a really cool trailer. Go out and find that of him kind of like, he's talking to a therapist and talking about like, yeah, no one can kill me, and I keep faking this. And he talks about, he's looking at things in the office. He's like, I would turn that into a bomb. And then he kills the therapist, and he looks at this camera, and he's like, I know you're watching me. You haven't found me yet. And then the camera pans out. And it's it's Agent Forty Seven. It's like, oh, this guy's fucked now. Cause mm. I'm gonna go kill him. Yeah. Um. So speaking of things that are self-aware, a rare Stanley Parable achievement unlocks after five Dude. years. <laughs> you guys heard about this story? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard about this story. It's the go outside achievement. Yes. And the reason it yeah. took so long, it only pops for not playing the game for five years. And so that game came out in 2013. So if you played it on launch day. It's theoretically popping this week if you if you've put it down yeah. and haven't picked it up since. Cheaters have already tricked their computer into uh, thinking the achievement has, uh, has has activated, so people have it, so we know it works. Uh, but here's the thing: uh, if you're off by a day, gotta wait another five years. <sighs> if you Ooh, if you didn't pay it, at, if you did not play it at launch, so I would do yourself a favor: check and see when the last time you got an achievement in the game was, and then mm-hmm. add. Two weeks, and then go play it. Ah. Then go play it. Otherwise, this achievement will be lost. To you. Otherwise, it's it's one of the easy easiest achievements ever. So you actually do have to play in order to get the achievement, but the gap has to have been five years. Five years. You have, you have to, to have the not day. played this game for five years to the day. The, to the day. To the day. Like mm-hmm. you can't do five years and then play the next day. No. I, no, I thought, no. No. I thought it had like it, it's it at, least at least five years, yeah. not just five I, years I, 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 exactly. Well, the, the, the developer said on Twitter, like, this is finally unlocked. And yeah. certain people aren't getting it. 
Well, because they haven't not played it for five years. I think what you're saying, though, Chris, is if you literally wait four years and 364 yes. days yeah. and then try to play it, if you do your math wrong, you're fucked. What I saw was someone saying this is the theoretically the first day that it could potentially unlock because like yeah, if yes. you played it at launch and haven't touched it since then, yeah. you would now get that achievement. Like I played that game in 2014, so mm-hmm. I have another year at least. Yeah. I just love it though. Stanley Parable, like uh, we've talked about that game on the show before. It's this really good self-aware game that is in a lot of ways social commentary on video games themselves mm-hmm. and like why we play games and, and what the goals of games game are. Game design and like look, yeah. we've put together this lovely little adventure for you and you just keep trying to break it. So here, why don't you test our next one? It's yes. just like a cardboard yes. cutout of a baby walking around. Or that's the one that has that achievement. It. It's like this achievement where you have to just like keep not listening to the guy and the whole time he's giving commentary of like, I can't believe you're doing this for this mm-hmm. achievement. We're like standing there still or something for a certain amount of time. And so yeah, they, they already play with achievements a lot in this game. So this, this is cool to me. Just mm. like a five-year payoff on Very something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of things that are not self-aware at all, uh, there is a new Taco Bell exclusive Xbox One X that is platinum in color. It looks really cool. Um, but the thing that is kind of weird about it is the startup tone, instead of the regular Xbox One startup tone, is the Taco Bell bong from the commercials that you hear at the end of every mm-hmm. commercial. Uh, that's, a, that's a dong. I just want to point that out. <laughs> it, I, yeah, I would definitely... Oh, I would argue it's a gong. So it's a, you know, Oh, let, no. Agree to disagree. That's, that's the question of the week. Bong, dong, or gong? <laughs> 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 Boy, that sounds like a bad game show on the Playboy Network. <laughs> bong, dong, or gong? They're all friends of Brett Kavanaugh. <laughs> oh, but yeah, so the way you can win this, anyone who orders a $5 double Chalupa box before November 22nd, <laughs> yeah, I know, it's just ridiculous as I read this, they're going to be entered to win this exclusive console, complete with the white special edition Xbox Elite wireless controller, and three months of blah, 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 blah. Every Chalupa box ordered throughout the giveaway is equal to one entry. So wow. start ordering them Chalupas now, ladies and gentlemen. A really important thing you need to know, you don't actually have to eat the chalupa. Yeah, right. You can okay. just throw it in the garbage so, where it belongs. Exactly. That's true. Also, I assume a double chalupa is just one chalupa inside of another chalupa. But, uh, oh, the cheesy gordita crunch? That shit is divine. I'm a double-decker man myself. You got to try that triple-decker, dog. I, knew, I know too much about fast food now. Is that a real thing? It is a real thing. Wow. Double the meat. Go for it. You've earned this. Oh if it's not a Doritos Taco Loco, I am not interested. Now, look. First of all, if you think I'm not going to play a McDonald's trick treat or win, you're out of your mind. Yep, uh, I play uh, that. Two, you need to figure out how much you want an Xbox and how much your life is worth. Because every chalupa you don't eat adds a day to your life. <laughs> Here's a real question, though. How many times would you have to hear the gong bong or dong before you regret entering this contest? Once. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Let's be honest. It's really not self-aware. It's kind of like, nobody asked for this. No one wanted well, that. It's it's interesting that that has been the Xbox's thing for a while. Like, you remember the... the the True. limited edition R2-D2 one that made the R2-D2 noises. Um, and yeah, that's pretty Yeah, dope. that was really cool. But then I was like, at work today, uh, it was like, why don't they just make it so you can program in any sound? And my coworker was like, because 
then they don't want people associating their console with like a wet fart sound every time it starts <laughs> up. That's the first thing people would do. Really? Because I'm yeah. pretty sure that's what the original Xbox had if you slowed down a wet fart sound. The evil, are you talking about the evil haunted whisperings that would occur on the original Xbox oh, Live? That was just yes. in the menus. Yeah, yeah in but... the menus. I would have it play at the grinding noise I associate with the red ring of death. <laughs> You gotta wrap that in the towel, baby. Make it overheat so that it'll work properly. Uh, There's your fucking question of the week. What would be your console startup noise? Mine for Xbox, Nintendo Switch Snap. (laughs) I actually do like that. That was very good. Question of the week. I had something different in mind, but hey, why not? So that's it for the news. All right. Well, let's get into the community segment, which is always segmenting our community. Last week's question of the week was Who's your favorite monstrous hero or anti hero in a game? Uh,. You guys weren't here last week. Uh, do you have an answer? Antihero? Is, is Homeboy, is Rick from Splatterhouse an antihero? Sure. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't have to be good. an antihero. It can be just a regular hero. The um the shadow things from the darkness are oh, dope because they're yeah. always like taunting you. Like, get him, Jackie, and stuff. Those are cool. That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, well, the first responder on the Game Apocalypse was Triskitable. It's an oldie but a goodie, the Centurion from Altered Beast. Sure, he's a normal human man, but give him a few minutes and he's suddenly a werewolf with a jet knee, a fireball-spitting weirdragon, or a goddamn weirbear. Seriously, a weirbear. That's like half weir, half bear. And that's awesome. He He's my pick for that reason alone. Are you saying weirbear? Why are you saying it like that? Where, it's where, 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 man. Care Bear. Care Bear, where, bear. Are you saying wheat thin? No. Wheat thin? Wheat thin. Wheat. No, I don't say wheat thin. <laughs> I don't say queer bear either. We're it's just doing a family guy bit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, it's where, bear. Quill wheaten. But, uh, but yeah, Trish Goodwill, that was my answer as well. An answer I predicted Chris would make fun of me about because that is not a I'm great game, it. but I liked it a lot. I'm yeah. on it. <laughs> uh, my Little Pawnfar says, I'd have to pick Raziel from Soul Reaver. Thank you for pronouncing it correctly, which Damn I straight. never do. I played those games. Uh, running around the world of Nosgoth as a terrifying zombie vampire skeleton felt amazing. I loved being able to surprise bad guys by shifting into the ethereal plane and then revealing myself... Well, dude, that's illegal. Don't just yeah. reveal yourself. Uh, in the Exposing physical plane. himself in the physical plane. <laughs> in the physical plane. Mm. So I can <laughs> beat them up and gobble down their souls. Once you get hold of the Soul Reaver blade in the game, you then become even more of a badass, and a fully powered up Raziel could wander around the game uh, game world wreaking havoc among Kane's minions. Should be wreaking havoc. I'm yes. sorry. Yes. Yes, you're right. Uh... A uh, special mention must also go to Firebrand. Hey, we brought up Firebrand last week. Uh, mm-hmm. In the Hard as Balls Gargoyles Quest games, as much of a pain in the arse that he was in the G&G titles, getting to play as the little fire-spitting menace was great fun. Not in Demon's Crest, a great Halloween game. Ah, uh, yes. Although you never got to fly in that horrible arc that made you impossible to hit. <laughs> uh, I can go through walls. Look at me. I can do whatever I want. I'm Firebrand. I hate this. <laughs> Were you on the island of misfit toys as Firebrand? Oh, I'm a Charlie at the bottom. Okay. <laughs> I got you, boy. Okay. Uh, I got you, boy. Uh, do, do fighting games count? In that case, there are many candidates like Godzilla from Godzilla Destroy All Monsters Melee it's pretty good and as many other games. Vampiric uh, Raphael from some of the Soul Calibur series and the entire Darkstalkers cast, but the iconic one has to be 
Casablanca. Mm. As a kid, he stood out to me, uh, stood out from the colorful cast of characters as the only non-human. He had his electrical attack, and anyone could do uh, anyone that anyone could do just by mashing the buttons, and it turned his uh, opponents into Looney Tunes being electrocuted. And I remember it feels like such a older day at Games Radar when Brett realized he could isolate the skeleton moment from Blanca's thing. He just mm-hmm. ran an article of just every Street Fighter skeleton, yeah. <laughs> every Street Fighter combatant skeleton. <laughs> And uh, yeah, awesome. I agree. It was worth doing. Mm-hmm. It was totally worth doing. And I, I'm, I'm totally there with Blanca because it was the same thing I did with that stupid pro wrestling game for NES. Like the Amazon, the guy who bites people's heads until they bleed. Yeah. And then we get Blanca. It was like the same thing from the Amazon. Hmm. Bites people's heads till they bleed. Yeah, and, and that's a good point. There was blood. That's a good one. There was blood in the first uh, Street Fighter 2 arcade version, but... I, mostly it was Blanca is what I remember seeing mm-hmm. blood for. I could be mixing that up with the Amazon. I mean, uh, both Blanca and Zangief had bite moves in the original Rev of Street Fighter 2. And that was a game that not only had blood, but vomit and bloody vomit in a Super Nintendo game. Yes. And nobody said boo about it at the time because it was <laughs> fucking Street Fighter. What did people think was happening in the Amazon in the early 90s that it was just producing animal people? Like, what the hell, dude? Like, Yeah, I mean, I mean, we knew all the Nazis were hiding there. It was, it was a different, <laughs> yeah. different yeah, time. I mean, they're experimenting. Mm-hmm. That's how we got the creature from the Black Lagoon. Probably. Exactly. <laughs> Who is called the um, creature, not Frankenstein's mom. All right. All right. Which is, of course, the original Avengers. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes, that is true. Uh, all right. From the official Laser Time Facebook community, Tyler Watson says, and maybe cheating picking three. Oh, you're disqualified, Tyler. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but- Just got to stop reading. Uh, Ralph, George, and Lizzie from Rampage World Tour on the N64. My best friend and I would spend hours playing it. Neither of us had a favorite one. We would just enjoy causing as much mayhem as possible. Lizzie is the best one. You're uh, no, Ralph mm. is the best one because he was excluded from most versions. Uh, Has anybody oh, played the okay, Dave and Buster's version, the new one? I think the, the NES one, he wasn't in that. No, George is the best one because he's The Rock's best friend in mm, the movie. That's true. That's true. That's I'm true. a little depressed that he references the N64 game instead of just the original Rampage. Mm-hmm. Like, why go specifically <laughs> to that one? Well, that that's, game was hard. You can't spend hours yeah. playing that game when it swallows a quarter every that's time you true. die. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Cromer says, Bowser from Bowser's Inside Story. His dialogue was really funny, and being able to call Goombas and Shy Guys to attack enemies was a fun mechanic. Thank yeah. you for not saying anything about Bowsette. <laughs> <laughs> you just did. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leonardo Chavez says, Godzilla Destroy All Monsters Melee for Nintendo GameCube, the other great Melee game on the GameCube. In between Smash Bros. sessions, my group of friends would always get in a round of four-player Melee, then conclude with Destruction Mode. So satisfying picking up and launching buildings where the main goal is to rack up the most points by causing the most destruction in the city. If you're a Godzilla fan, this is worth checking out. Agreed. How you can play a GameCube game at this point, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably with a, with a seventy dollars controller that's about to come out. Yep. Um, uh, Mike Galdia says uh, Alucard is my favorite. I'm not actually uh, too into the whole Anne Rice sexy soulful vampire pastiche, but uh, Symphony of the Night is just so damn amazing, and the way Alucard controls just feels so good. Uh, the weight, momentum, and speed of the way the player moves uh, through the world is one of the things that uh, is often overlooked when making a Metroidvania. These reasons and the fact that Alucard can invoke spells and transformations by inputting Street Fighter commands makes him my favorite to play. I just want to point out, the last time I heard from Anne Rice, I was uh, commuting from the Jacksonville airport to Tallahassee years ago, and she was talking about how she's a born-again Christian, ah, and yes. therefore it's every right to make all of her characters born-again Christians, including 
Lestat, <laughs> and all of her, all of the vampire characters what? all found Christianity, and she had no problem with that. Mm. Uh, so good luck with your future novels, Mrs. <laughs> Rice. I, I read Sweet. when she did that, she wrote a novel from the point of view of Jesus. Yeah. Not a bad book, actually. Oh, Wasn't, my God. Like, uh, was he a vampire? No. 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 Wasn't, like, the fifth book, like, Memnock the Devil, didn't, like, Lestat go back in time and bite Jesus? Uh, I don't remember that part, but he Memnock is, yeah, he's the devil, and so mm-hmm. it's it's basically, um, it's like Paradise Lost is telling you, you know, things. You know, know what he did? He, he turned the other neck. That's what he did. Mm-hmm. Oh, he did. But Jesus one. is not yeah. a vampire. He's a zombie. Hello? Rose oh, from the Dead. It's true. It's true. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. That, that checks out. Uh, Lauren Carroll says, Despite the vitriol from OG fans of Castlevania, I'm a big fan of Gabriel Belmont slash Dracula. Well, spoilers. From the Lords of Shadow Reboot. It helps that his character design is very pretty and that he's voiced by Robert Carlyle. I was also drawn into a story where it becomes very apparent midway throughout the first game that he's a pawn in his own story, but continues on anyway, and eventually ends up getting completely screwed over and eventually having to become the Prince of Darkness, a.k.a. Dracula. LOS 2, while not as fun as the first, was the redemption story for the Prince of Darkness, and I felt it was more fun to take that angle instead of Dracula being the guy you always have to kill. Also, again, very nice character design. I love how his Dracula clothing was drawn from his Brotherhood of Light uniform. Mm. So sad. And I love Begbie. Yes. Robert Carlyle. Yep. <laughs> and he always went bare-chested as Dracula for some reason. <laughs> now why wouldn't you? Exactly. Well, his blood runs yeah. hot, mm-hmm. probably. He's like just saying, stake me. <clears throat> Go ahead. Uh, I dare you. Yeah. And from Twitter, I can uh, Blacksmith Gamer, who I can only assume is Will Smith, mm-hmm. uh, says <laughs> it's, it's been a long time since playing the first game. And the second game has now been uh, brought to the top of my pile of shame. But I remember walking around, listen to this, George, with the tendrils, uh, ripping mobsters apart as uh, Jackie Estacado from The Darkness. Hell yeah. And now that you say that, I have to read that as if... It's been a long time since playing the first game and the second oh, game. God, and no. <laughs> Jesus. What was that? That is the oh, truth. Oh, that was Will's. Okay. It's been a the... long time. I, I could I could do Will Smith all day long. Ha 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 ha. I'm done. <laughs> all right. Uh, done. Dub Deej says, Raziel from the Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver series after yeah. Kane Broke bad at the end of the original game in a great twist, Raziel's Quest was one of the first open-world games I played and enjoyed. The foreshadowing of his final fate throughout the entire series was awesome, too. Less awesome was Soul Reaver 2, which came after Soul Reaver 1, which had, like, amazing fucking boss fights, and then Soul Reaver 2 has no boss fights. Yeah, but it had block-pushing mm. puzzles. Mm, and what's they his all ulti- have block-pushing puzzles, Matt. His ultimate fate is what? Franchise obscurity? It's, yeah, well, that <laughs> that and getting turned into a sword, yes. Mm. What a great series. Yeah, it was a great series. It, really it deserves to come back. I am not a twit, says that floating Tengu head from Zombie Nation. It may have been a few years before Parodius, but seeing a goblin face shoot at creatures from beyond like a space shooter who set us up the bomb is a nightmare. Also interesting that references the Tengu head when I think that's the Japanese version. The American version was like this weird woodcut samurai head. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. like a giant floating dismembered samurai head that is like I remember playing it and thinking like this is just samurai head destroys America. They just say that these are zombies, but they're flying planes for God's sake. Yeah, I had to I had to look up this game when I read this and then and yeah, when you look at the pictures, you can find the Tengu head is one of the first images that pops up mm-hmm. and then yeah, the, there's also like the dismembered just Japanese samurai head. Yep, so. yep. Weird. Yep, it's a bit like the uh 
the Freddy head at the end of the Nightmare on Elm Street game, which you can see. Uh, didn't you t- you stream that we've, game? We've with streamed Dave? that several times. Yeah. Dave's really good at it. Um, we have yeah. a couple of video answers as well. The first from Jason M. Cole, Gallatin Carhart. Afternoon, VGA. This is Gallatin Carhart here on a nice fall afternoon. Just doing some fencing here. Just kind of get some repairs going. You can kind of see. Life is easy. Life is life is not bad at all. Coming to you to answer this week's question of the week, which is, which, what is your favorite beast protagonist? I know there's several out there, but I'm going to tell you what's got my heart completely is Blanca from Street Fighter, especially Street Fighter 2. Ooh, someone <laughs> sound like that. He's, oh, whatever. He was, he was a giant dude who was hairy. And I can kind of relate to that. I'm kind of hairy. I think Chris is hairier, but hairy nonetheless. And uh, I don't like to wear shirts. Hey, if I could just walk around shirtless all the time, it's very possible I would. But anyways, fine fella, Brazil. He's, he's international and and had, had that growl and had that tumble thing where he would tuck and roll. That was, that was kind of cool. I, I don't know how that hurt. The other guy more than it hurt you, but still, whatever, it works. So anyways, well, I'm going to get back to work and thinking about top five horses, especially when that old Red Dead Redemption 2 dose comes out. I'll be, I've got that reserved on the old Amazon. Speaking of Brazil, get it? I don't know, I just saw that. Anyways, y'all take it easy, fellas. I'll see you soon. Bye. Love you, Jason. We get it, Jason. You want us to do top five horses mm-hmm. when Red Dead comes out. Yeah. Duly noted. Yep. We also have one from Michael Danqua, uh, Max at Maximilian. How do you get that handle? Hey, VGA crew. This is Michael Maximilian X here, coming to you live from Japan, actually, straight from Akihabara. You can see behind me is the Super Potato, which houses a lot of classic games. So if you're looking for retro games and retro consoles, that's the place to be. Do take into account prices may be a little bit steep sometimes, but they have some gems there. Anyway, to answer this week's question of the week, um, I'm gonna be a little bit of a whiffy here, uh, but my favorite monster to play are uh, Ryu uh, from uh, Breath of Fire 3 on the PlayStation 1. Uh, technically, he is a monster because he can turn into a dragon after the first act of the game so I'm counting that as a monster so yeah it's pretty awesome when you finally get to turn into a dragon at will first you always turn into a whelps but later on you get more and more dragon genes and with more dragon genes you turn into more powerful dragon types also shout out to Ray the were tiger in that game that dude is boss he's awesome um, the only thing is that he always preserves so you always have to use uh specific move uh, I think it was called target you have to target enemies and that's how you can get him to work out his thing and just target the enemies instead of you know other uh, you know the other party members so yeah um, Japan's awesome come by Super Potato or any other place in Akihabara it's legit so it's Maximilian X signing off guys have a good one 
Chris, you've I, been. I wonder if you sorry. Go ahead. I did. I shot a. I shot a video inside it, which is against the rules. Oh so, yeah. man! Uh, and that's why you're not allowed back in Japan. <laughs> no, no. It turns out if you break the rules in Japan, it takes another guy has to break two rules just to tell you to stop. <laughs> you can just keep doing shit uh, all day. Checkmate. I think Fantastic. he meant. By the way, he said Weir Tiger. He must have meant Weir Tiger, right? Yeah, Weir Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> I love Japan. Yeah. Super. Yeah, we're but, really jealous of you. Has it been ruined by too many tourists buying all their shit? Yeah, well, price-wise, it, it well, I don't I don't know what happened because we have a local game store here too, and I grew up going there and buying things at a very inexpensive price, and like everything from my childhood just fu- feels like it just skyrocketed. Like to recapture a NES cartridge from your youth could like out of out of box could be a hundred dollars. Like that's just it feels nuts. All right, so new question of the week. I do like what Chris came up with earlier. Uh, what if you? If you could reprogram one of your consoles to have any startup sound, what would it be? Uh, wet fart is awfully tempting, but I think if it were me, I'd have the the sound of the proton packs turning on from Ghostbusters. Oh my Just god, that. that's, that's a good one. That's a good, that's yeah, a good yeah, one. Yeah. Um, I think I'd go with... I, what I replaced on my phone, the sound I have when I receive a text message, is actually just the achievement popping sound from Xbox. And so oh, I would nice. go ahead and start that Pavlovian response. When I turn on my Xbox, mm-hmm. it would just go ahead and give me that achievement sound. Like, all right, I got a new achievement just by turning it on. I think you need something that's going to make everybody else in the room uncomfortable. So I would go with like a weird Japanese, like, like oh, oh hello, Joji-san, or something like that. You mm-hmm. know, something really like schoolgirl weeb or, or character M- Mickey from Rooney. Like, some weird anime. Or just like porn groaning or something. <laughs> yeah, just something really like, oh man, I do not not know what virus I got on my Xbox, but <laughs> it happens every time now. So I stole, I stole my, one of my favorite text tones from uh, our buddy Wes. I'll be seeing this weekend in Orlando, but um, it, just that duck hunt, you did well noise. I <laughs> love that shit, which replaced my second favorite, which was the Jetsons doorbell. Oh, oh, nice. <laughs> I think that's a great yeah. tech startup noise. Mm. Uh, but I would now I just want to be nostalgic because I was just thinking like I was able to do this with like my second PC, change any sound I wanted to. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And my first, my the first time I did that, just because like waves were a new thing on the internet, was Kevin McDonald from Kids in the Hall saying, "But first, the whores." <laughs> and it was a sketch. Where- <laughs> That's what the startup to my first computer was. Mm. Uh, Mine was almost exclusively Simpson sound. So every time I had the error message, it was just Homer going, which no. one's the any key? Yeah. So my second computer, nice. and we all had to like fight over who got it, was Dave Chappelle from Half Bake uh, do, doing his, uh, what was, I forget the name of his rap character, but uh, it was, bitch, you know what I want. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like that was a fantastic startup noise. <laughs> Everyone in the room will know exactly what you're doing. Damn. Bitch. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So what startup sound would you assign to a console if you could pick any one? Let us know. Go to vidjagameapocalypse.com. Answer under the post for... uh, Answer in the comments under the post for episode 286. Alternately, visit us on Facebook at the official Laser Time Facebook community. Uh, there'll be a post there where you can answer, or you can hit us up on Twitter at VG Apocalypse. So that's been our show. Let's go with some plugs. Uh, George, tell them again where they can hear you. Uh, you can hear me on the Experience Points podcast. We're doing episode 500 next week. Oh my so. God. How long have you been at this? A long time. Yeah, Too I long. Yes. Wow. Uh, 
Find me on Twitter, J Albor. Nice. A, that's A L B O R, right? That's correct. Yep. Yeah. I forget how long we've been doing this, but it, we just laser time just hit three fifty. Um, three fifty. So three. Tree fitty. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, that, that show this week is all about horror that is alleged, like, based on big air quotes, true stories. Mm. Uh, the Exorcist being the most fascinating to me, and uh, Sammy digging deep into the massive fraud and the uh, massive amount of movies conjured by the conjuring people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. The conjuring people, the Amityville bullshit. Sammy digging deep and pulling no punches that entire episode. Oh, it's I really good. <laughs> to bring us full circle, Texas Chainsaw Massacre said it was a true story, right? At the beginning of we that. We didn't. Film. We talked so much, we never talked about Ed Gein. Yeah, it's holy shit. How did you not time. talk about Ed Gein? Wow. Yeah, and it's we inspired went, by, we, I mean, who also inspired Psycho? Like, Ed Gein mm-hmm. is Psycho and Silence of, of the Lambs. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but yeah, yeah, he's not even like the coolest serial killer. I don't know. I don't know why so many people. I guess it's this. The skin suit—that's <laughs> probably the yeah, that thing. would do it. Yeah, it's that, but um, also like when uh, there was a, there was that podcast like behind Psycho or something like that. It, uh, inside Psycho, inside, yeah, yeah. In, and in, inside Jaws and inside the Exorcist, all of which are amazing. But it breaks down like so. Ed Gein, though, he was basically the model for like the guy on Psycho, like just kind of this everyman looking kind of boring guy and it's like what what you think of when you think serial killer like oh yeah he was the the guy I would least expect to do this and then they went in his house and he had like the furniture made of human skin and stuff so he missed his mom come on oh my God. Like, that's going to be a wikipedia nightmare tonight there's, there's got to be a like a like a a full house version of ed gein somewhere um but Ed Ed Gain, that's his name. Uh, but that that came out in thirty twenty ten. It's where I got that comment because I we didn't record it not too long ago, and it was the tenth anniversary of Midnight Club Los Angeles, and the idea of Rockstar <laughs> oh making anything else just was something so foreign to me. Because oh, and Bully Scholarship Edition, they came out in like the same week. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like ten years ago, and uh, yeah, it is the episode. Where we mention the is basically the the week that originated the my uncle works at Nintendo and they're already on Mario blank. Um, <laughs> Mario three comes out two weeks after Mario two in Japan, and it confused us all for years to come until we could get that precious internet. Well, until we all saw the Wizard, and that yeah. just brought us up to speed. Ah, yeah. And you already plugged it. I'll go ahead and plug it for you, Chris. Uh, Elm Street Nightmare is a yeah. limited anthology series available. Only to Patreon subscribers, uh, where this season, Chris and Dave Redden are breaking down the Friday the 13th series. Uh, the one I just listened to, they just wrapped up The Final Nightmare, which is only the fourth of ten shows. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's really good. There's, you're basically getting into the kind of the mid-series trilogy at this point, which I think both you and Dave agreed is is sort of the, the series' strongest uh, trilogy. Right, Chris? I, I really do love it. It, it. Because they're all different flavors in a, in a, in a movie series that is pretty formulaic. Um, but in a good way, but like the, they're, they're, they all taste really different. I really liked it. Uh, and we hopefully will have for patrons is this patrons only the $5 level, patreon.com slash laser time. We're getting close to some exclusive VGA stuff. So, uh, you never Ooh. know. I really want to do a Spider-Man mm-hmm. spoiler cast, especially that new DLC mm-hmm. coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, uh, we should have five and six up for you this week. Again, we've been hampered by the hurricane and lack of electricity and internet, uh, we're trying to catch up to speed, so hopefully we'll have five and six up this week for you guys as well, uh, up to ten, which will be done before October. So uh, don't don't read ahead. Just kidding. Watch all the Friday Thirteenth movies you want. It's Halloween, <laughs> and if you want a taste of what it sounds like, you can go back and listen to uh, season one where you broke down all the the Freddy Krueger movies, the Nightmare on Elm yeah, Street. Yeah, we put out uh, episode one for free yeah. on the Laser Time feed. Yeah, and look forward to some more spooktacular content uh, throughout October. Yeah. Nice. 
<laughs> and of course, if you want to follow me, I'm on Twitter at Maddie C. Allen. And uh, I'm on Twitter at Wikiparas, and you can follow the show itself at VG Apocalypse, and we'll occasionally post interesting things, mostly trying to cajole answers out of y'all for the question of the week. Uh, anyway, that's been our show. Uh, thanks again for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Was that a James Earl Jones joke? Actually, no. How dare you? (laughs) That's just, by the way, the name James Earl Joke is available on Twitter. (laughs) James Earl. (laughs) (laughs) Shit, not for long. God damn. damn.